Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Word Balloon Podcast, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great conversation today with Brian Bendis. Uh, it's from last year, but you will be surprised at how many of the subjects we cover are still evergreen enough that they reflect on some of the things we're interested in talking about today. Now, you might ask yourself, what happened? Why didn't I release it sooner? Uh, we recorded it, and he's just like, hey, you know something, let me hear it before uh, you release it. And that's okay. A lot of a lot of uh, creators ask that sometimes. I'm happy to oblige. Uh, so I sent him the interview, and I waited a, uh, you know, a few weeks, no answer. Reminded him, oh, yeah, 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 sorry, let me listen to it. I haven't had a chance, no problem. A couple months passed by. Suddenly it's summertime. Uh, you know, you still haven't heard of that uh, March uh, interview. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll get to it, okay. Finally, whenever we recorded our, our last uh, uh, word balloon sometime in the fall, I'm like, hey, what about that March conversation that we had? And he said, oh, yeah, 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 go ahead and release it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and so I figured I'd release it at the end of the year, but then all of a sudden we had all these new uh, interviews that popped up in December. I mean, you saw it. Jeez, I, I released 10 episodes, for God's sakes, in December. And, uh, you know, I, I so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll push it till the beginning of this year. And uh, really was going to release it at the beginning of this week, uh, past weekend. But a rec another interview that I had recorded expecting to release early this week, I found out crapped out. So I figured I'd wait a full calendar week after the Liefeld interview to release it now. So here it is, and uh, it's really great, I promise you. Brian and I talk about the success of Deadpool, kind of like we did on the last episode with Rob Liefeld. And uh, Brian openly wonders if uh, R-rated movies are a good or bad thing. Uh, we talk about the Superman-Batman movie because this was released a few weeks before the movie actually came out. And I think it carries with the same concerns we have with uh, director Zack Snyder moving forward, frankly. Uh, Brian gives us some good stories about what it's like to be a geek dad and trying to point the kids in the right geek directions, things to avoid. I, they may not seem obvious. Uh, certainly, as someone without children, they weren't obvious suggestions. I made a couple suggestions of things to watch, and he explained why that's a bad idea. Very smart. Plus, this was the beginning of uh, Civil War, and uh, Brian got into a lot of the making of Civil War in this conversation, and you're going to hear about that. Uh, I think it's a, a really fun talk. So it's uh, Brian Bendis today on Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. And if you've uh, heard my latest show, then you know that uh, uh, right now I am unemployed and uh, could certainly use your help. If you like Word Balloon and you've ever thought about subscribing to Word Balloon before, this would be great. Um, I'm asking if you can, uh, can you afford $5 a month? Can you afford the price of a comic book today? Uh, because I really do think that Beyond other comic book podcasts, I think Word Balloon does do something special in providing you with these conversations, the insight from the creators. And, uh, I mean, when you think about it, these things are even longer than uh, convention uh, panels. So I, I think a lot of good uh, information is shared uh, during these conversations. And I, and I really do appreciate your, uh, your basic patronage in terms of just showing up and listening and telling your friends about how much you like Word Balloon. But also, if you, if you can't subscribe to the show, I would love to do this full time. And I am I am pursuing uh, looking for full-time work and will do what I need to to pay the bills. But if you can help me out, and really this could be a full-time concern, that would be great. And it would only result in more episodes of Word Balloon. It's one of the reasons why you got 10 episodes last month in December. And, um, yeah, I could really use your help. So if you've ever thought about doing it before, uh, this would be a great time. Go to 
patreon.com slash wordballoon. That's the direct website. And if you can uh, afford it, Word Balloon is free. It will always be free. But if you can help out the cause, it makes it easier for me to go to conventions. It makes it easier for me to meet new uh, creators and interesting people to have on the show and bring you the best show I possibly can. So truly, thank you very much, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your support. There are a bunch of brand new uh, subscribers that have uh, joined the cause. And I thank you very, very much uh, for uh, that support to make the show. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And there are some great deals going on right now at InStock Trades. I just want to uh, bring up the books that are on sale this uh, week from InStock Trades, all the brand new stuff. DC Rebirth is in full swing, and I think the first trades are coming out. You can get things like the Aquaman Trade Paperback Volume 1, The Drowning. It's 50% off. It's just $8.49. Tom King's first Batman trade, I Am Gotham, 50% off, $8.49. You can get Captain America, Sam Wilson, Volume 3, uh, Sam's involvement in Civil War specifically. That's uh, Nick Spencer and Angel Unzuela. It is 45% off, just $8.79. You can get Renato Jones, 1%. Uh, season one trade paperback, all done by Kari Andrews. Great story, really, really fun uh, attack on the one percenters. Renato Jones is a very interesting character. We talked about this when the book was coming out. It, check out the trade paperback. It's 45% off, $5.49. I'm telling you about all the reasonably priced stuff. So there's some high-end stuff, too, that you can get, like uh, Flash, the Silver Age Omnibus, Featuring the great writing of uh, people like John Brune and the beautiful art of Carmine Infantino. You got an incredible Darwin Cook cover. Uh, it's 42% off, just $57.99. Just a few of the great deals waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. If you make an order of $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. And really, man, if you're uh, still sitting on some holiday money, this is a great place to get some great books at great prices. InStockTrades.com. Without further ado, let us join Brian Bendis and myself. Um, I was trying to remember why he was angry at me at some, for something. Because he was uh, like, he actually, like, it's very rare that Brian will disagree with me on Facebook or Twitter. But he, he really did come out publicly and was mad at me about something. I couldn't remember what it was. Eventually in the conversation we get to it. But I really think you're going to enjoy this uh, lengthy but fun new Bendis Tapes conversation it's kind of new. It's new to us because it's never been released before. But again, it's from March of uh, 2016. But uh, still a very relevant conversation with Brian Bendis. And in some ways, it's interesting to see uh, how things played out, whether it was the Batman Superman movie, uh, Powers. This is before season two started. And we get into some talk about, uh, you know, what, what he was excited about with the season coming up. Unfortunately, it turned out to be the last season of Powers. And uh, by the way, Power's available on uh, DVD. It came out in November. So if you never were a, a Sony PlayStation subscriber, you can get both seasons of Power's. And if you're curious, I think they're really uh, two really great seasons, particularly the second season. I really thought the second season uh, went into some great directions and really great acting from um, the guest cast of that season, along with the regulars as well. So uh, plenty of stuff to talk about with Brian on uh, this conversation. Let's bring it to you now on Word Balloon. So what, am I in trouble? What? Am I in trouble? You, you see, a couple of weeks ago, it sounded like you wanted to yell at me about something. What did I want to yell at you about? What, I don't what remember. What were you tweeting? You were tweeting about something. 
Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe seriously, because I know I felt like Archie Bunker, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but well, what um, was it? Do you remember the subject? I, I actually don't remember. Batman, Superman. I'm like, it, who cares <laughs> if it's an R-rated thing? Not, Calm down. I, I, well, yeah. What was your opinion on that, though? I'm like, what if he's kit? What if he's Galahad, and you know, he's surrounded by evil, and he's still Superman? I'm like, he he, he doesn't stop being Superman if he's in an R-rated movie. I I kind of disagree. I, I, I understand you're not alone. A lot of people are fighting on <laughs> that one. And I know I like I got hit with because um, uh, last week uh, we they did that in in store convention thing, you know. Yes. And, yeah. Did you do anything? Uh, for yeah, I did, and um, I uh, I love Deadpool, and I know the director. We've known each other a very very long time. Oh, that's cool. And, he was great. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. And 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 he no one has worked harder on something that looked like it was never going to happen. I mean, this guy just says, I want to make this movie and wow. just did everything humanly possible to get it made, got it made. And I've had friends that do that, just fight, fight, fight. And then they get it made. And that's about it. They got it made. Right. But right. Get sure. it made. And then for it to be just like the biggest thing. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's, but it's, yeah, uh, it's amazing. It happened to two of my friends. It happened to our friend, David Engel on straight out of Compton. Indeed, uh, who worked yeah, on absolutely. that movie for eleven years? Academy Award nominated yeah, David couldn't and, and made all the money it could make. It couldn't have yeah. done better. And same thing with Deadpool could not have done better, right? So I said, sure. boy, I really liked it, but you know, my fear is when something is successful that uh, people who aren't aware of what made it successful and are in charge of other things make weird choices. Go, oh, okay, they want pegging jokes. Let's have Batman peg Superman, you know, and uh, that's not what it, and it can only work for Deadpool. Right. And so I think that's, I know I'm yes. the guy who brought Jessica Jones and powers into the world. I understand it sounds hypocritical. Yes, indeed. What I did to Jessica Jones, I wouldn't do to Miles Morales. There's a there's a place for it. You know what I mean? But everyone is presuming what I like this. I hope we can keep all of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought we were recording. <laughs> All right, good. We are recording, so that's good. Hi, everybody. You're, ca- you're catching us in mid uh, in mid argument, but okay. that's no, good. No, no, yeah, and and uh, oh, it's a happy discussion. Please, no, I'm always happy I, to have I'm a discussion. I'm not arguing with you, but it was funny because no, I no. said, um, you know, I, I worried about other franchises being ruined by someone trying to Deadpool them. Yes, and of course, the a perfect example of an out of context quote saying, "I hated Deadpool." It, it sounds like I hated Deadpool and. I, I hate rated our no. things and, and and people were hitting me on Tumblr like what a hypocrite. I go, no, dude, come on, clearly <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with rated R anything. It's you know what I mean? I just I, you know you know what I'm talking about. You worried like, Absolutely. they're gonna, they're no, gonna and I, you know and I yeah. don't know what they're doing with the Batman versus Superman. I don't I don't but, know what that is. And that is my point. And that's exactly my point because all I was saying was and so maybe you were angry at me for something else. No. But I uh but my point was let's see what it is first before we all start saying how dare they because am I right wasn't didn't Avengers have to be Edited down to get to PG thirteen no, when they no. first submitted it. No, I, I read a version all. of that script. It, it was always aimed at the audience it was aimed for. But not that it was a, again. That's why I don't think it's necessarily even a script thing. I think it I might just don't be, think they saw the footage and maybe that hey, some violence needs to be. I done. honestly don't think they could have cobbled together or rated our version of the movie if they tried, unless they CGI something. You know what I mean? 
Like, sure. I, like there was never it's it's Joss too. Joss's um, heart is yeah. much more romantic. You know, I I I, I I I honestly I'm racking my brain because there's so many drafts and years ago, but I don't remember even. Like but that's off color joke. That but that's a, again. That's my point. It's I don't think it's a script thing. I think it might be a CGI violence thing where it was like, no, all right, no, that's- I, they uh, reading more carefully. They they've cut out a whole character out of the movie, out of Batman Superman, but out of Batman vs Superman, and she's showing up in the rated R version. Interesting. So there's a rated R character, or something happens to a character that's rated R. Uh, listen, we'll all see in a couple weeks. Exactly, I'm and that's to see. I absolutely loathe Men of Steel, not from a DC versus Marvel bullshitty thing that people think that we're we're, we're not children. I, I have friends at DC, and I hope they all do well. I particularly did not care for Man of Steel for many reasons. I, I do uh, I, I am thankful for that movie because it reminded me, oh, that's what it looks like when you do that. Don't do that, right? Sure. This is what I, that's what it looks like when you bring on that kind of imagery or that kind of you know. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So I'm glad it, it's, it's a conversation that a lot of us have amongst ourselves about about storytelling and these characters and the audience. And so when you see someone, in my opinion, in my opinion, go too big in the second act, so the the only thing they could do in the third act is nine eleven. That that they see that's what happens when you when you when you miscalculate your uh, your your structure, which is what I think they did more. Yeah. More than anything, and I've heard that comparison to nine eleven as well in Act Three in, in Man of Steel. I don't know. I, well, well, I saw they, they flat out. I mean, there's famous images from nine eleven, and they duplicated them. It wasn't like we're yeah, no. And I know what you mean. You like a like a skyscraper collapsing and people running from the collateral damage and things and the white cloud of devastation. Yeah, I mean, you know, yes, yes, you know. and will it. Well, and also, but then again, you see the trailer for Civil War, and isn't that General Ross's argument to Captain America? And and when they're when they're showing the collateral damage of what's happened in the three Marvel movies. Well, I have not seen Civil War, but I have seen Man of Steel. So when we see Civil War, I will uh, I will bring up. The, honestly, I haven't. I've read different. You didn't see the trailers? I saw the trailer. Well, that's what you, that's what I'm talking about is the General Ross trailer with uh, William. Hurt. Yeah, we'll see when we see the final thing. I don't. I, okay. I think the imagery was much more 9/11 potent in Man of Steel than it was in those General okay. Ross things. There's there's disaster and there's hey, remember the worst thing ever? You know. Do you have an opinion of Spider-Man's eyes moving? Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, no, no, I I, I love it. I, I don't know what the. Um, Either. Like what the science gobbledygook is to make that a thing, but I loved it. Deadpool, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and that's it. Deadpool too. No, that's that is the cool thing, and it's funny. It, um, I don't know why, but it does rub me the wrong way in the comics when Deadpool uh, gets too Bugs Bunny ish, and I know that's the whole point of the character, but it worked for me in the movie, and that's fine. And I liked, <laughs> I like Spider Man's eyes getting smaller. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm not a, like a Deadpool. <laughs> fanatic character like I know people love yeah. Deadpool yeah. like I never like said ooh I want to do that De- like I'm at Marvel I could do Deadpool I I, I uh, you know there's 4,000 miniseries anybody could you know you can Deadpool. <laughs> no it's like if you had a take they'd, they'd go for it right? they're for it sure no I've never, I've never had this overwhelming desire to do Deadpool um, and and I think Jerry kills it and um, job Tony's doing an amazing job on the covers yeah. Hawk- 
doing amazing jobs on the interiors. I, Absolutely. Yeah, but I adored the movie. So yeah, me too. Me too. And I adored seeing Marina Bacardin's naked body. And, I'll be honest. And the reason the movie is making so much money is is for my daughter and her friends. It is stripes. It is the rated R movie. They all love. Yeah, that's all good. No, buying that. tickets to other movies and sneaking into Deadpool and having a blast. Dude, I totally and I and I uh, DVR'd Portlandia, and I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched your daughter in action yet. Yeah, that was just a fun family thing that happened. My old uh, old ex assistant uh, was um, um, got a job casting on Portlandia. Friends of the family, hey, who wants to come down on this day? Wow! And Olivia goes, oh, I she didn't have school that she goes she she goes down. I was actually out of town. I was actually in Atlanta. And my wife goes, uh, she's like, like FaceTiming me and texting me. She's like, uh, Steve Buscemi is directing this. I'm like, oh, she, really? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and then she like um, FaceTimed it, uh, like her doing her bit, you know, and like and like recorded it. And it was and Steve Buscemi was insanely cool. That's good news, too. Could That's not fantastic. Have been cooler. Um she had a, bl- the, a blast. It's super, super cute. She had no idea because she's like – she was 12 at the time. She has no idea who Steve Buscemi is, no idea who uh, Kevin Corrigan is. Um, <laughs> and then uh, she's done. She calls me and I explain to her. I go, listen, he hasn't made any movies that particularly you would have seen because we're allergic to Adam Sandler movies and Scorsese is a little <laughs> out of your league right now. But right. I said, oh, but he was, he was the, the bad guy in Monsters, Inc., um, but I have to tell you, he's one of the greatest character actors of our generation. No joke. And a really good director. Yeah. And I love his, that his other actor, lounge and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, and that other actor, living in oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. And that other actor, um, uh, it has been like in every Scorsese movie. Like, you know, you're in a good, a good movie if he's in there for five minutes. That's and, cool. And, uh, and so lo and behold, she like dug it up. Like on YouTube, someone put every great Steve Buscemi scene, and it was just blood, gore, and violence. <laughs> it looks like he's a serial killer when you put it all together like that. But uh, understood. But yeah, she achieved this great experience. Three days later, she's in Atlanta on a set of uh, Powers. You know, sitting in my chair, outstanding. And, you know, and and uh, uh, it just you know, she just had this cr- crazy TV week. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really cool. No, I'm I'm I do look forward to seeing it. I just haven't had the time. Yeah, it was just it was just a, a, one of those who would have guessed things. You know what I mean? Yeah, but also to to be made up the way she was too, and and look just uh, just like uh, Slater Kitty. Who and right now I'm I'm blanking. Carrie, yeah, because... no, okay, yeah, it, yeah, Carrie, yeah. My absolutely. wife was sending me pictures. She's sending me this picture of her sticking <laughs> to Carrie in matching outfits. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it was really like. Oh my God! I would I would rather have been on that set than the set I was on. Which yeah. I was like, oh, understood. Well, and I imagine we're going to get into as much season two talk as you're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. So, what are you writing for the DC Rebirth, Brian Bendis? I'm writing, uh, you know, Sugar and Spike. It's um, it's, it's, it's um, it's a Vertigo title. It's uh, a hard, it's a hard R. So I'm more full of shit. But I honestly, that's my point it's about a, Superman. It's my my max title of Dial H for Hero, but uh, it's Dial it's Dial H for Whoer. But uh, <laughs> is it Whoer? Whoer. But uh, thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I. But again, though, no, that's my Superman Babbitt thing. Is I think Superman can still be Superman 
surrounded in a in a possible R movie. And, and that's like he can be Galahad. He can be this this symbol of purity and 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 good. I I hope I would love to see that. And again, what you're describing, I think can be done. What yeah. Zack Snyder's been doing since 300 does yeah. not fill me with a uh, uh, feeling that he is capable or interested in such an idea. I understand. All right. You know, and I'm not talking I, about Watchmen. I'm talking about fucking Sucker Punch up. You know? Yes, Sucker, Sucker Punch immediately came to mind. Well, and like you said, Man of Steel, they just, there's a joylessness to a Zack Snyder film. There's a real dread and dreariness in a, dra- in a, in a Zack Snyder film. And it fit for Watchmen. I suppose it fit for, for 300 as well. But yeah, Man of Steel, you know, yeah, this, oh, this S means hope. It's a symbol of hope. And it's like, well, can you smile a little bit? Can you be happy a little bit during Man of Steel at all? Fingers crossed. You know, and yeah, you're right. Exactly. Hope, hope is hope is the word I'd use. Hopefulness, yeah. right? Yeah. You know. So again, everyone's like, like some people listening to this going, "Well, Civil War is heroes beating up heroes," and you know, there is you could literally give the same story to five storytellers and get a completely different thing out of it. That's what you know what I mean. Let's say they were beat for beat the same thing, which they're not. Um. Again, you could, and and sometimes they've done this where you give like five storytellers the same thing to do, and it's fascinating what you get out of it. I just based on what we've seen of their of his work, I'm 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 curious and worried. And here's where my hypocrisy comes in. I will be at the first showing I can get my hands on uh, for Batman Superman. So, I understand. So I think I'm going to a pre. Sold. I think I'm going to a pre screening. Uh, Doctor Pepper via Twitter, reached out to me and is like, you want swag and you want to see it in IMAX three days before it opens? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. I got, I don't know if you saw me put this on Instagram, I got a giant, I mean, giant, like the size of my very large Japanese drafting table desk uh, a thing of uh, cereal, a Batman versus Superman cereal with the nicest Superman cape you could get, a Batman cowl, a bowl, and a spoon. Who sent you that? I don't know. It just showed up. That's and, very nice. And I go, are they trying to like buy me with cereal? Because I got to <laughs> tell you, it almost worked. I go, I'm not going to say anything. Look at that. They sent me some sugar. I can't say anything. Was it was it tasty? I've never had never had the Batman cereal when it came out for Batman and Robin or any of the. Uh, didn't eat any Campbell soup. Star Wars Campbell soup. No, I, I, I did not eat either the Superman or Batman cereal. You did put the cowl on and wear the cape, though. Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been married 20 years. Any Anything we could do to spice it up, absolutely. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> I want to see Batman versus Superman. Anyway. So. Um, <laughs> That's not your utility belt. Wait a minute. So. Um, was it good? Yeah, yeah. But it was very. I mean, it was the yeah. largest promotional thing. <laughs> I couldn't even believe. I thought it was like, wow. Because it was like the cereal was encased in, in foam. In the way they encase a gun in a suitcase for an assassin, you know what I mean? Like every everything was perfectly. It was the nicest thing ever. You can see it on my Instagram. It, it's it's I can, what I can't do is give you how gigantic it was, and I did regift it because it was just literally I, the the nerd in me couldn't break it apart or eat it, and. Uh, so I just regifted it to another nerd who could not have been happier. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Oscars? 
Um, I thought Chris Rock killed it. Well, I agree with that. As I get older, my taste for art by competition seems to be getting um, – or competition of art seems to be – I'm losing my taste for it on every level. And I think it's because of these um, reality shows. You know, I sometimes see my wife and um, the girls are watching like a like a baking contest, you know, or something. And, and okay. either you won or you're a shithead. I don't know. I think it's a bad message. I don't know. Well, I agree with that. I don't – yeah, I don't really keep score of who wins, but I am interested in what's nominated. And I um, I was I was happy that uh, the guy won for Bridge of Spies. Mark uh, whatever uh, his name is. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, I think Bridge of Spies is, is a very, very good movie. It's like a, like yes. a, like a really good movie. I, yes. It's, it's, I think it's out now where anyone can watch it. And the Coen brothers wrote it. You can tell the Coen brothers – fingerprints on it so you got Cone Brothers and Janice Kosminski at the top of his lungs you know and Spielberg it just it's really good who's Kosminski Who, uh, cinema- it's a Spielberg cinematographer oh wow it, okay it, sure yeah it was amazingly shot it, absolutely who's been with him since uh, Schindler's List and oh, Spielberg cool. was using a variety of, of hold on my wife is texting um, no a variety of cinematographers throughout his career all very good, all A-list guys, like Villa Zygmunt. But when he met Janice Kosminski in the early 90s and they did Schindler's List together, they have never not made a movie together since. He's lit every movie since. So it's been like this 25, maybe even 30-year marriage of them making all kinds of stuff. And you can actually track it as, oh, Spielberg got much better. You know, it started taking ballsier material and also never could figure out when the movie ended. All those things happened. Um, you know, Minority Report. Like, look at the cinematography in Jurassic Park 1 and Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park 2 with Janice Kosminski is 50 times better. It's amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, and I'm a sucker just for a good Cold War story. Sure. And I do love the Gary Powers U2 story. I think it is really interesting. And I am clearly a giant cinematography nerd. Yes, you are. Well, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, I was happy for Stallone that he got the nomination. I'm very disappointed that uh, both uh, Ryan and I always get my Ryans mixed up. Ryan Cogler for uh, Cogler for uh, Creed? Uh, I thought it was Ryan Gosling, so I'm... It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, great director. Uh, love Fruitville Station. I love Michael B. Jordan. I mean, the guy is so natural. Uh, it's he's yeah he's, he kind of almost survives the Fantastic Four movie too, you know I still haven't seen it so I can't Woo. say. Uh, there you Woo. go. I know. Oof. <laughs> I've actually seen it. Like most people shit on it, they haven't seen it. I actually saw it. Uh, yeah, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for cable. I'll wait for cable on that one. There are many many uh, bits and pieces of my work and Mark Miller's work that have made it into the movies, and it's been. Uh, what's amazing is how much of it is all top quality. Like Maria Hill in the movies is is fantastic, right? And I'm so proud and all the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff and all the stuff and Jessica Jones, obviously. All of it's like, you know, other people taking our stuff and making sometimes better stuff with it, right? So we really lucked out in this area. Yes. Um, the premise of the, the recent Fantastic Four movie is heavy on me and Mark's ultimate Fantastic Four. As many people pointed out, I'm not bragging. It's just yes. pointed out. So yes. it is, uh, I think we were owed 
that something be like, whoo, don't do that to our stuff. So it was, um, yeah. So that so I watched it and went, oh boy. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Um, well, uh, let's talk about that for a second and talk no, about the positive things that have been happening in comic. Nobody's seen it. Like nobody's I saw Spotlight. Spotlight, Spotlight was Spotlight amazing. was good, but no one's seen Fantastic Four. I'm saying. Oh yes, absolutely. No, well, but no, I watched, I watched Spotlight like three times. Uh, saw it twice, but go on. I, yes. I, I, um, you know, we get the screeners. Yes. You know, so we have them in the house, and I watched Bridge of Spies twice. I watched Spotlight a bunch of times, and I ended up watching Steve Jobs a bunch of times as well. Um, I just really liked them. Also, I would have people once I saw, holy shit, Bridge of Spies is great. I would have people over to watch it again. You know what I mean? I was doing the same thing. And uh, another, another one like that was Trumbo for me. You know what? I haven't seen it yet. It's literally oh. the next one on my list. I just haven't gotten to it. It's incredible and really captures Hollywood of that time. Everyone who plays famous people in that film, they're all amazing. Louis C.K. is amazing. Yeah. Um, the guy from Steve Jobs, one of the nerdy techie guys that he really is browbeating throughout the movie, plays Edward G. Robinson in Trumbo. Oh, Michael Schulberg. Yeah, he's been yes. uh, a serious man by the Coen brothers. Yes, right. that's right. That's right. My God, he is incredible as Edward G. Robinson, and it's just a small role. The guy who plays Kirk Douglas in Trumbo is amazing. The guy who plays John <laughs> Wayne By the way, is people going, wow. Who are the these credits people? of a name of an actor who, of a movie you haven't seen, and you know who the cinematographer is on every Steven Spielberg movie, and yet I don't know the name of most of my cousins. <laughs> I have to be reminded. A lot of family, awkward family yeah, reunions. I, know, I decide, my brain decides what it cares about, what it doesn't. <laughs> but, and Cranston really becomes Trumbo. I've seen the PBS documentary. They they even have footage of Trumbo at the end of the film during the closing credits. And you will be even more blown away at how much he transforms himself into Trumbo. I'm curious to hear see his Lyndon Johnson because I can't picture. Hope it's great. Playing Johnson. I heard it's amazing. No, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I haven't gotten to it yet because I've been too busy watching um, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn on YouTube. <laughs> Why? What I don't know. I just got into uh, like you know you stumble something on YouTube. Uh, everyone, <laughs> and then and then you you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought I hit my mute button. I didn't. So I no, had to come oh, on for a second. That. that was very funny. Tough. No, I'm good now. Tough, tough it out. You were reenacting something from The Revenant, like a bear attack you. Yeah, and but speaking of Revenant, I got to be honest. I know the guy's a genius. I know Leo's a genius, and Tom Hardy and everyone that's in that movie. I have no interest in that movie. I don't care. I'm not a big. I'm not a big uh, wilderness. I appreciate the really? idea. Really, you're not because you look like you totally. I, <laughs> yes, I do. I am the brawny uh, paper you towel. Look like uh, you like you know deliverance. It's just you know. Can we put? Can we pitch a ten here, please? Can, can we? Can we rough it a little bit? No, roughing it is you know room service is done at ten. I understand. No, my uh, <laughs> hilariously, like my wife, like every once in a while, one of our friends goes, "Hey, we're going camping. You want to come?" And she looks at them like, "What the fuck?" Like she's not even speaking English. It's the funniest thing. She's so hilarious. Well, and you're in Oregon, so I mean, no, no, it yeah, and a lot of people go camping. There's beautiful places to do such a thing, or just go hiking. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, but you bike, you bicycle, so you. No, I, 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 I would do it. I would, I would do, but my. You would camp for real? I've done it. 
I'm shocked. I, really? Now, and now that there's like, you know, Wi-Fi hotspots, for sure I would. <laughs> no, but like we got kids and the kid, you know, the kids, you know, hey, let's go camping. You know, the, the stuff they want to do. Yeah, they want to do it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, but my wife's like, what? I didn't understand it. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I do understand. Well, no, and all right, so we started to get into it with Deadpool and that – I agree. It it might open the door for inferior movies trying for a Deadpool vibe. To or happen. just studio people not understanding why it was successful, uh, and it's one of those things that you can't just imitate it. It has to come from within the character and from within the Absolutely. creators. Like it, you you can't fake it. Is what I'm saying. And a, a lot of things like that get faked. Uh, and they, and they're, they're terrible. And um, but in this instance, faking a rated R on something that shouldn't be could be just a disaster. And that and that, that's my my I was I was talking out loud about just this pontificating about. It. Oh sure. And then it hits the okay. internet with me going, uh, I hate rated R stuff, and everything's going to get ruined. I'm like, that's not what I said. I have having a thought. Well, and I'm in the world anyway. I like I I've liked Mark's uh, collaborations with Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I, Again, those are, I, those are that that's how Mark sees the world, and that's the kind of entertainment he wants. So it's yes. pure. I mean, I've known Mark forever. This is what he likes, you know. And there's yes. difference between I'm going to make something that I like versus I'm going to give people what I think they want. And this is no, I get the struggle it. we have out there, right? And uh, and, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, there's all kinds of cool, naughty stuff. I mean, Powers is naughty. Preacher is naughty. I like it. I do. And, and, they, and they, you know, I just, uh, I don't want to see the Teen Titans banging each other. I don't know. I, I, well, and again, I, I think, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to be right. as wild. Well, that, that, that was wrong. No, just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would actually like to see Starfire and, and Dick Grayson. Well, get of that. age. Uh, uh, teen, uh, older teens, right? Well, like they, like Wolfman and Perez depicted them back in the eighties. There you go. They they were like late teens, early twenties. They were, you know. No, I just had this flash of maybe people have only seen the Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go and went, ew, yeah. the fuck are you two talking about? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that, and again, that kind of, that's go ahead. Not those make believe Teen Titans. The other make believe Teen Titans. Exactly, man. Exactly. That's well, let's just cut all this out. <laughs> so listen, um, how are you? I'm fine. I'm doing all right. Everything's good. I, uh, you know, I, you know, actually uh, today interviewed a filmmaker who did that Jeff Jones uh, documentary from two years ago. I don't think I ever saw that. And you know Jeff Jones, of course, from the studio. Mm-hmm. For younger yeah, 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 listeners, yeah. yeah. Well, for younger listeners, and I'm sure I explained it on the word balloon episode as well. But Bernie Wrightson, Michael Kaluta. Barry Windsor Smith all and Jeff Jones. Jones, all geniuses. yeah, and and kind of were the image creators of their day in the seventies, getting together and saying, you know, we're gonna make this fantasy art book alongside uh, our our usual commercial work for Warren and DC and Marvel and the like. And again, this is in nineteen seventy six, and it's amazing. And Jeff Jones is kind of the you know, guy of the four that I think people know the least about and has an incredible story. Amazing story, yep. And, and yeah, the documentary is just incredible. And Louise Simonson... How have I was, not seen this? 
Dude, I'm telling you, it is so good. Well, I think because unfortunately, and this was a very interesting thing that uh, the filmmaker told me as well, because Jeffrey Catherine Jones referred to herself as Jeffrey Catherine Jones after she transgendered, apparently there are some who might take offense that she would still say, it's okay to call me Jeff. I still think of myself as Jeff, but I am very comfortable being a woman now. She has tried to get it shown at certain events and it's difficult for her to get a full screening oh okay and and that's too bad and i'm and and yeah i'm i'm disappointed to hear that and i think it's a very important story and there are really interesting life lessons in it but also my god look at the man's and at the time the man's art and the person's art it's incredible yeah not even at the time his recent work's great too right isn't it well, he, uh, he, she, she, unfortunately, she passed away from um, emphysema. What complications from emphysema? Oh, yeah, she passed away. When I swear to God, like, yeah, for like two thousand, I want to say two thousand twelve or thirteen. Jesus, how did I not know that? I'm sure. Yeah, and it's sad. Um, Jones's daughter is in the film and delivers a eulogy. Oh, a huge and, fan, huge fan. Yeah, I mean that's and and the cool thing is though she wants to continue to do the other members of the studio, and do and she's working with uh, Barry Barry Windsor Smith on on uh, something, which is fantastic. Wow, great! So yeah, Maria Cabardo uh, is her name here. I've got it right here. Better Things: The Life and Choices of Jeffrey Catherine Jones. Kino Lober is the film distributor. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Maria Cabardo is the filmmaker. And yeah, Brooklyn filmmaker, and uh, she's working on a, a, new, a new film now. But it's great, and I'm trying to get screenings in Chicago for her, and I'm going to do what I can to uh, help her get more screenings, because it's a fantastic film. I would love to see this. Yeah, really, really cool. And you can buy it at Amazon. You can uh, download it at the website, but you can't. it's not streaming anywhere. Wow. Yeah, I know, and that's, that's, that's unfortunate, too, and I think maybe because it's a smaller distributor... I don't know what kind of access they have to streaming deals or if they want to pursue them. You know, I don't yeah. – it's weird because I, I think it is tough for documentaries. Just like Louis C.K. talked about the short uh, subject documentary award. I think a lot of that so is, what he, is what he said. So funny but true, you know? So funny. That, yeah, these people put all their efforts into these small movies and stuff and, you know, a lot of times they just don't get seen. No, because I really related to it because um... – most people, when they win their Eisners, are are still up and coming, or you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just comics. So in your head, you go, "Whoa, if I ever won an Eisner, right? That's our Oscar, right?" So I won one, and the next day I was back drawing caricatures, going, "Oh, this! I thought this would be different." <laughs> so I, no, I get it. So that idea, because I remember, like, he made that joke about uh, your Oscars are going home in limos, their Oscars are going home in a Pinto. <laughs> Or whatever he said, and uh, that is that is what it's like for comic book people. So it's very funny. Absolutely, I wanted George Miller to win. Uh, I was really hoping he would have won Best Director. I got to be honest, because there's a career, and how great is it to be seventy years old and still be you know the man? Yeah, I just uh, showed this thing in class yesterday about the cinematographer of. Um, uh, of Mad Max, who's also a man in his seventies, who won an Oscar for uh, um, the English Patient. You know, like, like he he's been at it forever, and and to, the work of two elder statesmen that is so revved up. You know, and it's like, like you know, it's so funny because they're like 
You know, the, that's how you make an action movie. I'm like, he's been doing it forever. Exactly. Like, like someone's like, like that quote in uh, Visions of Light where someone says, you know, all these great reviews for Easy Rider about the, you know, the new, the new cinema. And it was the, the cinematographer is 65 years old. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. That's fantastic. It's, you know, it's just very funny. No, but, but true. Um, well, and that's, again, um, more of what's the better things, the better examples of what's happening in genre fiction in film and television right now. And comics. And comics, certainly. Uh, well, that goes without saying, and we'll get to the comics and everything. But no, I'm interested in um, what you think of, uh, what do you th- have you been watching the CW shows? No, I honestly know, and it's not of a diss of any of any uh, any kind. I have a lot of children and a lot of jobs. And, and uh, are any of them watching any of the CW shows? No, they're not. Uh, they're not. My oldest, <laughs> my oldest went from iCarly to Judd Apatow. There was no like middle. Like, is she watching girls? Uh, no, not that. that okay, part, but uh, all right. Um, then. Uh, um, geeks and freaks. No, like freaks, freaks and geeks. geeks right? and, and she came into me and she goes, Broad City, yes or no? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's a tough call. Yeah, no lie. Because, because it's funny. The, the virgin and comedy writer in her, I, yes. The, your father, absolutely not. <laughs> so I gave her this look that said, I can't stop you. <laughs> Like I, she, watched, I watched all this stuff when I was a kid. I, I'm, look at me. I'm fine. <laughs> well, that's why I was going to say, like, is she 14? She's 13, but uh, oh. a very evolved mentally. I understand. No, I understand, I and that's, that's why. Kids, but a very soulful 13-year-old. Um, and I also I also like the other show. Broad City's great. What's the other Comedy Central show with um, it, the, uh, uh, the other two women? Oh, is it Inside Amy Schumer? No, it's not Amy Schumer. Uh, the it's one about the, the adult babysitter? Yes, I. That's on my list. That looks very funny, funny to me, and it's funny it's because, funny. like, they do a very good thing. Like when you when you tape, uh, 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 when you record the tape. How old we are? Uh, when you tape Broad City, you get the last minute of whatever's on Comedy Central, that's right. and the last minute, and whoever's doing it, the last minute of Adult Babysitter is fucking hilarious. It makes me <laughs> laugh every time I see it. So I, I'm. That's it's a very good commercial for yeah it's a good show Stephen Root's even on it it's a it's a good show I'm in I'm in but yeah anyway so so it's just you know I got I got fractions furious at me for not having seen Fargo yet Uh, it's just there's so much television I understand so much time making our own that when I when I sit down for my ten minutes of quiet time I go oh I miss Patrice O'Neill and start watching Tough Crowd. I forgot he used to be on that show. All the he was time. great on him that and, show. I mean, him and, uh, hilariously, they would never put that show on today. That's what I was laughing at. It is completely um, inappropriate kind of material now that would never be on the air today. But a uh, pretty fascinating show. It's wow, ridiculous. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to revisit no, Tough Crowd because I incredibly racially uh, insensitive. But but it's all it's you know all prisoners comedy. So I you know everyone's getting taken. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, and I well, I remember Pat Cooper at you know at the time <laughs> I'm guessing late seventies being able to throw down with those guys. Yeah, and, and you know it. them them kind of setting it up so Pat Cooper will take him out. That there's a lot of that on the show. <laughs> it's, they, they, it's like it's like a Don Rickles thing. It's like hit me, come on, Pat, hit me. You know, absolutely. He just did 
Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, Uh-oh. and I love that show. Have you heard it yet? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried show? No, no yeah. I haven't. I have, I'm, a, I'm actually a big Gilbert fan, but I haven't heard the show yet. It's a great podcast. Well, and it's up my alley because, of course, he's talking to people older than yeah, exactly. the ones that I wanted to. <laughs> he had Larry Storch on from I, F Troop, and he's 92 years old. I actually am subscribed to it on SoundCloud, but I never get to it, so... It's great. Actually, he just had Jackie on. He had Jackie Martling. I heard all about it. Remember? And it was pretty funny. Oh, did Howard have a full review? I'm in the Stern universe, as you know. So, and that's another yes, thing. Like, and I'm the only Stern fan. Happy he only works two days a week because that's about all I have time for. So, does he only do two live shows he a does week? Three um, every three weeks. Interesting. He does three three weeks in a row, so he does like nine shows a month. Wow. But like long shows. And that's actually, sure. that's all I need. I understand. Why? You know, but. The, you know, no, I get it. Yeah. No, and I absolutely. Actually, they're still great. I mean, I, I still hear occasional new interviews and they're fantastic still. He killed it with Sasha Baron Cohen this week. He, he killed it with Tina Fey last week. Like really good. I've never heard them talk about that interviews when people I'm big fans of. Sometimes you hear the same stories over and over again, you know? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always finds. He and it's hilarious. Like he had James Taylor on. He he's wanted James Taylor on forever. He had James Taylor on two and a half hours. Never. That's fantastic. No breaks. Wouldn't let him out of the studio until he got everything. Because he realized, like, I'm never getting him back in here. <laughs> it took 25 years to get him in here. I'm never. He's never coming back. He just stayed with him. It was great. That's really. Well, I'm gonna have to look for that. That's actually. It's it's on. They they. And what's cool too is that if they kill something, it's on SoundCloud. They put him out. They put him out so people can hear him. Oh, excellent. Very good. SoundCloud is kind of in trouble. Is it? Financially. Yeah, it's very weird. I just started putting Word Balloon at SoundCloud because I use uh, Libsyn and um, I, you know, had always heard, oh, you should put your stuff at SoundCloud too. I'm like, all right, fine. And yeah, I'm hearing they're kind of in financial trouble. They're not, they're they're not getting as many people, uh, the content providers going to the premiere version of SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I could see that. Yeah. All right. No, it's very interesting, but yeah, I'm surprised. So that'll be if uh, if if you have a podcast and you're leaning on SoundCloud, you better. I hope you got backups because if you're keeping it all in their cloud, it means I don't know oh, what's, what's going to happen. Cloud. Oh, hello, what was that? I'm still here. Okay. What, I don't know. Was... I'm fine on my end. Okay, that was weird. So season two, when do you guys premiere? Um, we'll be announcing very soon. When is this airing? When are we airing this? I'd like to put it out either before C2, you know, I'd like to do it next week before C2. Okay, well, we'll we'll be announcing very soon um, uh, either at WonderCon or at Emerald City. I'm actually not sure. I'm not being um, cagey. It's like there's 50,000 emails about this and I can't remember where it landed. And um, uh, we'll be – I'm going to come to WonderCon with um, all new stuff to show, which I'm very excited about, both uh, PlayStation and Marvel giving me all kinds of cool shit to show at my spotlight panel, which I'm sad right. you're not at. And it was really hilarious. I should tell you this. I, I uh, um, They said, well, is anybody you like to uh, host your panel? And I'm like, oh, John's not coming. So no. Oh, that's really I sweet. Did. Well, I said there was you. nobody else I wanted. I went, nah, all right. I'll just do it myself. Wow. Well, thank yeah, you. That's, that's the, you. Nobody else. You, you are, that is quite the compliment. And I believe me, Incredibly angry that uh, WonderCom is immediately after C2E2. I couldn't, I couldn't do is it. Both. After C2E2, it's the weekend after. It's oh, the immediate weekend it's after C2E2. All right, well, no. good. So at, at WonderCon, I'm going to show some cool new power stuff. And um, just today, saw some special effects stuff that was really exciting. 
like really, really good. I can't wait for people to see. And, um, you know, we're in that place. Like the show looked a million times better before it was color corrected and for just not to be technical, but there's other processes that the, the, uh, the files go through the color mm-hmm. corrected stuff looks unfucking believable. It's an That's entirely cool. different show. Well, that's totally it, you know when we watch. So yeah, when we when we talked about um, when we looked back at your first season and what you were telling us in terms of uh, what you guys wanted to change for the second season, yeah, you you did say that you know some of the art direction was changing and a, and a lot of the cinematography and the, and the look of the show would would change in this second season, and you're satisfied with the change? Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. So um, uh, just, yeah, it's just a great cast and it's yeah. T- I mean, what can you? Oh, uh, we got Michael Madsen. We got yes. uh, Trisha Helfer. We got Will Wheaton. Yeah. We got yeah. Will Wheaton. It's one of those like, oh, I'm like, we see Will Wheaton roll up his sleeves and dig in. You're like, oh, you know what, man? This is cool. People are going to go, look at you, Will Wheaton. It's like one of those kind of performances. You forget that how good of an actor oh, yeah, he was. Good. Cool. Yeah. And also, I had seen him in a short film that Ed Brubaker directed years ago where he was this good. And it was like a little crime piece that Ed did. And and uh, uh, when he got brought up for this role, I I, I said, oh, I, I he, you know, and you know, he can do it. I've I've seen him do it. And uh, yeah, so he's great. And uh, Matson's captivating. And I I'm just I'm just and our regulars and Susan Hayward brings it. You know, it's just I, I'm, I'm excited, man. I really am. I really, I really, I really got really jazzed up and we're going over the marketing campaign and even that's cool. And, um, you know, I just, I, it's really one of those, it's that good, it's that good feeling like, oh, it's better. Like anything better is good, you know? Agreed. So anyway, so yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll be out, um, this spring or summer, I can tell you that. And then, um, uh, all in, you know, hopefully people will, will dig it. Thirteen episodes, 10, ten episodes, ten, just ten like episodes. last season. Okay, yeah, okay, and um, same kind of release in terms of you know, yes. uh, I think, like uh, clumps? Fun, uh, the, the first three right away, and then weekly, and then it'll you can just binge it, and if you want to wait a year, you can watch on a crackle. And that's something else that happened to us. We were like Absolutely, the number one show on Crackle for like all, for months, and uh, to the point where I even asked someone at Sony, "Do you guys just?" Say we're the number one show. They're going no. You're you're people watching, and it was funny because I was getting like this wave of compliments and comments about Powers all of a sudden, and then this whole wave of uh, X Men comments, like I was just writing the X Men, and I'm like, what? What's going on? It was like I time traveled, and it was because Powers hit Crackle and X Men hit uh, Marvel Unlimited. Like at the same time, there you go. So it sure. was, yeah, it was a funny, like a delayed reaction to a joke. Like I told a joke, I had to wait six months for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. So, yeah, yeah. so it's it, I, just a reminder of how interesting things are in the world. You know, we're so mm-hmm. focused on the um, Wednesday warriors, as they call them, the people that uh, buy the books right away. But there's this, you know, hurricane of people that get to it when they get to it. Agreed, and that and and I I think honestly, Marvel Unlimited is a good solution to 
people that do think, all right, you know, I, I only have so much money to spend every week. I don't know if I can, I can, you know, do the Wednesday warrior thing anymore. And, and they do, they, you know, I've got several friends that do Marvel unlimited instead and are very happy. Tons of people, tons of people on on Marvel unlimited. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if you like the binge, it's the way to go, man. You know? Well, and then the other thing too, and you mentioned with crackle, some people can't wait. Sure. But that's Absolutely. the other fun thing that happens is they get to Marvel Limited. And you know, we all, we're all nerds. We know this feeling. They binge and then they get itchy. I can't wait six months for the next, you know. And then they start, sure. buying, they start buying the books. And we got Understood. Yeah. Well, but, uh, and then TV, it's funny now that um, after the initial uh, let's watch a show on over-the-air TV, then immediately go to Netflix, all of a sudden all the big uh, studios are saying – uh, before we do that, let's. I know the CBS guy, the guy Les Moonves was saying, uh, let's not forget about uh, putting something on uh, basic cable like we were doing it in the past, and then maybe we'll go to Netflix. So I think these initial contracts with a lot of the streaming services for some of these TV shows and some of these networks, uh, there's going to be that added step again, and it'll be interesting to see how the public reacts to it. And also, it, 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 there's just it, you're right, and it's just it's just a. Um um a uh, symptom of this larger thing that's going on where uh again our our the our culture is changing so rapidly and the systems of delivering us our entertainment are are are, are switching very rapidly yes. and even watching my daughter and her friends and how they take in their their stuff uh versus how we take in our stuff and you know some of some of these um, entertainment giants are very quick on the uptake to figure out how to get their material into the hands of the people they want to get it to, and some people are very slow and they're stuck in their ways. You know. Yes. And uh, it's from my perspective, uh, very interesting. I get I get to listen to a lot of uh, people that I work with and people I work for telling me, you know, about stuff. And obviously Powers is on one of the platforms that is the alternative to uh, network television and even Netflix. And and, and when it sees success with relative uh, quiet compared to other things and it still gets its numbers, that's a big eye-opener to these entertainment conglomerates, you know? So things are changing very quickly. And if you look today, Sean Parker, yes, that Sean Parker, uh, got his funding to do a day and date movie release into homes with Spielberg and JJ Abrams and all these other people backing him up. Uh, so we, we may be a year away from, you know, summer blockbusters are available in your home for 50 bucks. Yeah, I, you know, they come out and and I got and, and as they say, I got to tell you, it's you know, for, with, with a guy with four kids, it's very hard. Yes. To, to get to movies like that, like I'm dying to take my kids to Zootopia, but they all have classes and, you know, Taekwondo and it's, it's hard to like <laughs> get it together. And then tonight we were all like chilling uh, and, you know, we watched, you know, a Jim Carrey movie and I, I was like, oh, we could have gone to Zootopia, but then you're out till 10 o'clock at night, you, you know, so, but if we had, we had Zootopia, I would have bought it for 50 bucks. 
Well, that is going to be interesting, and I do get it for families. That totally makes sense for families. Yeah. Um, you know, being Uncle Buck and being single and, and, and alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that's I because I saw See, Robert Meyer. Uncle Burnett. Buck was a movie from thirty five years ago that was John Candy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel I always have to explain your references. <laughs> if it's if it's pre two thousand, you I understand yeah. you might have to. Um, no, I know, I know. I've, I've told you stories like this before, but. Um, uh, you know the class I teach at Portland State. Uh, yes, I, I want to talk I'm about co-teaching it, it with uh, David Walker, who you should have on if you haven't yet. Yes, I really want to have David. I've had Sanford on uh, Green, and um, and uh, yes, I, I hope to have David on eventually I'm, as well. I'm going to make this happen. And uh, uh, oh, thank you, bud. That'd be terrific. And and uh, David and I are teaching, and this was his first time teaching with me. And uh, in this one class where. Uh, comparing and contrasting the language of film to the language of comics and what people, you know, and some of it, they have, there's a Venn diagram of crossover and then there's differences. And we're showing clips of uh, movies and great cinematographers and, and how they tell a story with imagery versus how a comic book artist tells a story with imagery. I'm showing movies um, that are, to you and I, not old, Classic. not old movies. Okay. Uh, and then you always hear one of the students go, "Shit, I should see that. That looks good." And it that's was, awesome. Yeah, and it and it was a movie that came out like ten years ago. That to them came out when they were nine years old. So why would they have seen it? True. You know, very true. I mean, like I remember, like uh, showed a clip of the Matrix. The Matrix came out drum roll in nineteen ninety nine, which makes that's it right. seventeen years old. So yeah. if you're nineteen years old. That's an old movie. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's haunting. Yeah. I understand. Believe me, movies, I understand. That's a haunting thing. Yeah. 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 No, I'm aware of that. And I and I get all that. Um and, and I heard uh my my daughter loved uh Superbad, which is a very funny movie. And uh, ten years old? Yeah. Ten years old to to thirteen year olds, that's a funny old movie. Is it is it two thousand six? Is it that far it, back or it's, seven? It's but it's 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 it might be. Oh look at Jonah Hill. He looks like a baby. This is what I what well, oh yeah or Emma Emma uh, Emma Stone. What's her name? Yeah, Emma Stone. They were, yeah. they were babies. Yeah, yeah. It's just, another it's just, adults. It's just constant reminder that we're we're all close to death. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but to my to my daughter and to my students, the Godfather. Looks like T-Men. Thank you. <laughs> good T-Men. There you go. Atta boy. You a Very guy. good. I heard you. That's a, Turner Classic Movies, kids. Yeah, it's on right. Tuesday night at uh, 3 in the morning. That's right. That's fantastic. You know what's excellent this month on Turner Classic Movies? The Catholic League, the films that the Catholic League banned from the 30s through, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming the 70s or whatever. But you know Antonioni is in there, and all these all this pre code stuff from the '30s and '40s and '50s. And God, I remember my I being a, a young teenager at the time. My dad telling me about Anatomy of a Murder, a James Stewart movie about rape from 1958. Uh, and my dad being really excited, going, "This was like an X-rated movie back in 1958. That's like, funny. like cities banned this movie. That's funny." And yeah, and it's you know we're just talking about a woman's torn panties for gosh sake. Yeah, I had that conversation. My my daughter likes uh, Monty Python a lot, and um, <laughs> describing the the chaos surrounding Life of Brian, which they actually made a movie. Yes, of. Uh, and 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 then 
you see it and 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 you could see her going really like what like what's the problem? yeah all over well, this what's the yeah problem? no you're right about that We're it's yeah well no but there's but the cool Rob Meyer Burnett who is part of the group of people that are trying to make that Star Trek accent our film the fan film that Paramount is doing everything they can to obviously shut down. Um, we were talking about that and he is, you know, he's kind of around our age and stuff. And I said, you need a Tarantino or some sort of hipster content creator that sees the old stuff and says, this is why it's cool. And they get it and they are able to reinterpret it in, into modern, their modern creation. And it's, and it's, you can see the inspiration just like you can see, um, Lucas's inspiration from the searchers in the, in the opening scene of new hope when Luke's, you know, farmland is burnt out and everything. And if you compare the shots, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And you know, yeah. And so that's the thing. And you, and that's what Tarantino always does. That's what they were trying to do uh, with Spectre, the Bond film. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of Spectre? We didn't talk about it at the time because that was before Um, we came out after we talked. I, I truly love the first half of the movie completely. It is just phenomenal, and I was actually like, you know, what Roger Deakins did in Skyfall was such an achievement, like you've never seen in a in a, a big tentpole major motion picture. Mm-hmm. Just yes. gorgeous, and this other guy matched him, and it really is something storytelling wise. The first half of it phenomenal, but they build up Spectre the the organization in such a way, and then didn't pay off. Any of it in the second half of the movie. I agree. And yeah, real got, wasted opportunity with Christoph Waltz. Got, real wasted got opportunity. Super, super small. And I know they were trying to make it very personal. And the word on the street is they, they didn't have a script. You know what I mean? They didn't have it, you know? Wow. Um, oh, it, part, part of those Sony links, unfortunately? No, 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 they no, came no not from Sony. Just this, this is on the internet. I mean, he, Daniel Craig said it. He said, we didn't have a script. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean but like, Harrison Ford said that about the fugitive and they got, you know, you, it doesn't, it, it, yeah, still, yeah. It, it could, it doesn't matter. It, you can still get it on it, but it just seems that when you're, when you spend so much time making it very clear that Spectre is everywhere, just focusing on Christoph Waltz's character so much made it look, okay, you got Christoph Waltz. There's still like 80 of them out there. Was that that one woman who was like taking over all the whores, right? <laughs> All the, the sex trafficking and, and whatever the fuck they were talking about. Again, I don't mean to uh, denigrate uh, sex workers, but uh, uh, but it's, it, it was crazy. You know, like that woman seemed scarier than Christoph Waltz at one point. I understand. remember they were sitting on the, on the table and she's like, I'll take over all the sex trafficking. I'm like, yeah, what about her? <laughs> That's excellent. So, yeah, but it was beautiful to look at. I'm, you know, I didn't hate it. Uh, it just, you know, after Skyfall, it didn't, it didn't. Yeah, it was mediocre. I mean, I thought it was better than Quantum of Solace, where again they didn't have a script. Um, but yeah, and I, and yeah, it's just, something was missing. Something was missing. And again, there, a lot of, lot of hidden fan service. We, we didn't, we obviously didn't talk about Force Awakens, and I, I mean it. Force Awakens was there was the right amount of fan service and it wasn't absolutely loved it and 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 for those who, who don't know my entire day is consumed with Star Wars. I have a three year old son. That's all he wants to talk about. That's fantastic. It that's is great. Constant. It is from the minute he wakes up to the minute he goes to bed. 
you know, and also Star Wars is to him, much like uh, a cigarette is a delivery service for nicotine, Star Wars is a delivery service for my son to see Chewbacca. He really doesn't give a shit about anybody else in the movie. He just cares That's about Chewbacca. That's great. I can appreciate that. Absolutely. So, wow. Um, and, and it's all day. He's hilarious. He comes home from school. I'm there to meet him at the bus. He comes off the bus like he's he's never said it. Every, he says it every day, but he acts like he's never said it before. Hey, Dad, can we watch Star Wars? Like he says it like it's the first time he's ever asked. It's the <laughs> 300th time he's asked. So Did, He's at the age where he can appreciate the holiday special because it's Chewbacca's That ain't planet. happening. Listen, buddy. <laughs> here, and, and parents will know what I'm talking about. You have to be very – like I, on Olivia, I didn't know this, but I lucked out because – the two movies she wanted to watch every day was Finding Nemo and School of Rock. In School yeah. of Rock, she watched every day for three years. Because when a kid finds a movie they love, that's all they're going to watch. Yeah, they beat it to and death, they, absolutely. And so you're, you, you could get trapped into watching a movie over and over again that, that no matter how much you like it, it's a, it's, a, it's a nightmare. Now, School of Rock, it ended up she turned, she's a musician. It worked out okay, right? Yeah. So then yeah. you also start thinking, wow, she watched School of Rock. School of Rock every day for years, and now she plays drums and guitar. Wow. So you want to make sure that whatever they're going to watch, it, it could actually turn into something that, 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 that motivates their life. Right. It's beneficial, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so you don't want, you know, you, you don't want them to watch the wrong movie. Now, now with Star Wars, um, uh, we're okay. Now, I, I actually, I don't know if you're on, um, on Instagram. I posted my, my daughter, uh, my five-year-old, who does whatever uh, my son does? They're they're inseparable, so they watch Star Wars all together. Uh, she runs. A, I bought her a Ray costume. She runs around the house dressed as Ray. She grabbed a lightsaber, handed me a lightsaber, and said, "Fight me, so I can complete your training." <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I have it on tape. I was actually taping because she was being cute, and then she said that, and I'm like, "Okay, no more Star Wars." So you guys, they were were well into the weird area, but uh, so it's all day long. Watching Star Wars, analyzing Star Wars, learning the life's lessons of good and bad through Star Wars all day long. First three movies? How many of them uh, do you No, that's the thing. So uh, thank you for reminding me. So no, they've yes. only seen the first three movies. They've only okay. seen and little clips of the good stuff in um, on YouTube. Like the, when the Wookiees attack the Stormtroopers in the second okay. movie, you know? Like yes. stuff I think he'd like, or Yoda versus uh, Palpatine, like stuff that he would dig. But I've never okay. shown him the whole movie. I'm never going to show him Anakin and Amidala kissing. I'm all that <laughs> shit, right? So <laughs> hilariously, we're laying on the floor of his room, and for Hanukkah, he got like this Star Wars card set, and it's got every character from every movie, right? So we're just laying okay. there, and he's making a pile of the good guys and the bad guys. Super cute. He holds up a card of Jar Jar Binks. And a card of Anakin Skywalker, and he goes, "Hey, Dad." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Where are these from?" Very accusingly, like he knows there's other movies, right? Like, well, I'm like I, I, I go, I don't know, <laughs> but I will never show him the Christmas special, which I have seen numerous times with Rift Tracks. With Rift Tracks, cannot recommend it high enough. Awesome, you can find it. It is hilarious. Yes. You have a tape of the Christmas special from a Minneapolis screening of it or New Jersey uh, with commercials. Mm -hmm. It tracks the commercials as well. I love it. That's fantastic. I didn't know they did that. That's great. Terrified. So everyone goes, show him the Christmas special. That'll make him sick of Star Wars or that'll make him sick of Chewbacca. Oh, no, no, no. Because we talk about Chewbacca all the time. It goes on all the time. Right. 
And 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 then I go, no, no, no. He'll like it because that's what he might like. That's what their right. parents have told me. The the prequels, little kids, three year olds, fucking love the prequels. Of course they do. So I that, that's why I'm not showing it to him because I'll be stuck watching Phantom Menace every day until he's five. I'm not doing it. That's true. I, I'm yeah. drawing the line. <laughs> right? My brain's still rattling from Yo Gabba Gabba. I'm done. Right? I'm on my fourth kid. This is a lot. Of, <laughs> I've done a lot. Anyway, so so can you imagine if he actually liked the Christmas special and want to watch it every day? Yeah, a lot of low, low, not Lola Falana. Was it Lola Falana? Who was that was, it's fucking Jefferson uh, Starship. It's, yes. Uh, Maud. Maud, yeah, B. Uh, Arthur. Uh, it's Art Carney. Art Carney just sticking it up like no. Actually, sounds like a uh, heaven for you, really, if you take the Wookiees out of it. It is Ed Norton. It is Ed Norton in space. Yeah, and and Harvey <laughs> Corman at, at, at yes, who was a genius, but at his absolute lowest. Yeah, that is yeah. yeah. That in Americathon, I think, are his two biggest mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely, and and uh, yeah, just, <laughs> and woof. But was it who was the African American singer that's kind of sexy and uh, Grandpa no, Chewbacca? It wasn't Lola Falana. It was. It was it Diane Carroll. Yeah, it was Diane Carroll. There you go. I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. Wow. Yeah. We don't. We don't want letters. <laughs> exactly. Shame on me. I know. This is true. And you'll forgive me because I've been watching a lot of uh, Cozy TV, one of NBC's digital channels, and there's a lot of Love Boat and a lot of uh, Fantasy Island. I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, Diane Carroll, man. It's all she's all sparkly. It is Diane Carroll. Okay. Woo-hoo. And you, if, if people listening to this, uh, if you're at a computer, Google it. Hilariously, uh, I remember for years you couldn't see the holiday special. Like yes. it was like George Lucas had wiped it from the earth. Yes. And now it looks like it's. It, like, I'm, I'm just, I haven't Googled it in a long time. It, it, it literally takes you right to like 75 links of the full special. Well, I know the bootleg VHS was at conventions for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, that was time. the only way you could get it. But but even like yeah. when the internet first started, you couldn't find it. Now it's everywhere. That's funny. That's, yeah, it is funny. Woof. <laughs> oh, but yeah. again, just first appearance of Boba Fett. The idea of showing it to my son and watching him love it. In case he could, he could love it. Sure. Uh, well, I was I was thirteen when it came out, and yeah, it was horrible. But Boba Fett was interesting, Boba Fett and was it was that. For I mean, that's the thing. People now are like, "Yeah, what was the big deal?" And it's like that's when we discovered Boba Fett, people, and that's that was amazing. People are going to think I'm stealing jokes from um, uh, the riff tracks, but you know, uh, Chewbacca's mother wears an apron. <laughs> and that's how you know she's the mother. It's so <laughs> insanely sexist. It's so crazy. It's very Sid and Marty Croft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, well. What are you so gonna anyway, do? so this is what, what goes on in my house all day. <laughs> well, that's what well, you've we got a guy that does cool stuff. Watch Star, they, he wants to watch Star Wars. We don't let them watch a lot of TV. We, we, we're, pretty, we're pretty tight on the screens. <clears throat> okay. Um, uh, but also the Disney Infinity Star Wars games, which you would never know, they're, fa- they're fantastic. Yes. Oh, no, God, that's amazing. Kids love them. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about vinyl for Olivia? The HBO show. Uh, I'll, I haven't watched it yet. I have it. I'm dying to see. Um, I'm so excited. You know, Susan Hayward, the star of Powers, is on that show as well. Yes, and, she's great on it. Yeah, yes, yeah, no, She had a really tremendous experience on that, and uh, so I that that's like ne- that very much next on the list. Um, it's getting better. I, I have to admit, the first two episodes, I was like, I don't know. Oh no, that I think that's what I was yelling at you about online. You were like, 
you were like bitching about like the the facts of uh, vinyl, and, and I got them wrong. I admit, and it. then people were pointing out that you had it wrong. But it was hilarious that you thought you were like the. Uh, um, I was just asking. I was just asking, and also what got me mad was sensed. Well, what got me mad is there's there's one guy in particular that is like, well, what's the difference? Who cares? And I'm like, it does matter if you're if you're if you're doing a fictionalized. Uh, pre- presentation and it's okay. I don't mind mixing some fi- fiction in with the facts, but you're not going to change the date of the moon landing. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, that's what I was saying. And I was corrected because it just seemed like 1973 was too early for hip hop and too early, um, like about two years. It just seemed like it was just two years too early. And no, my my New York friends who know the history very well are like, no, everything that they were talking about was happening then. And also, I got. No, I, I, forget I, I, I was going to goof on you online. It's like it's funny that you thought you knew better than uh, Mick Jagger about that. Well, that's what I didn't. That's what didn't make sense to me. That's what didn't make sense to me. It's like, it, no, I would never question their knowledge. It's just that it was like, are they too cute for their own good? In that same way that the newsroom was just claiming, hey, we did all this stuff first. We were the we were the people oh, the that Sorkin, kind of sense. the Sorkin newsroom. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And that's what was concerning me initially. And I got into it with one guy in particular uh, who really just always rubs me the wrong way. And we, we yeah, we had a little Twitter war about who it was and everything. It? Oh, I, I can't. I don't want to be mean. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be mean. I'll tell you off the air. Um, and that's fine. Uh, because I, and I'll even cop to that. Yeah, I even went a little too far. Because it's, oh, you, it's a guy. you had a real fight. You had a real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, no, the guy, you know, because the guy's like, well, what does it matter? And I'm like, well, it does matter. I'm it like, does, you can't. It does matter. I agree with you. It does matter. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I'm saying is don't don't push the moon landing to 1967 or to 1971. You know, give it the right year that it actually happened and stuff. That's all. Mm-hmm. So, and that's and that's what I like about vinyl. And it's getting that stuff even as I'm like, okay, fine. And the other stuff that they talk about, no, they're getting it right, and it's funny. But it's just there's something. It's still not quite there so they still got to tweak it a little bit i think all right well i heard, I heard the pilots and the scorsese's part is amazing can't wait to see. it is but you manage just want to you just want to just like andrew dice clay uh, i know you know what it was so funny um i everyone assumed i was watching it when it aired and i just couldn't that night i had work to do and uh um uh like four of my friends just texted me fucking andrew dice clay and then I went, oh shit! And like so many people that I thought he died. And I oh, went, that's fine. And I went to Twitter well, sure. and I go, no, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, not not vinyl. Well, I'll be <laughs> and I, and I, go, I go and I and I like a fraction was one of them, and he rewrote like fucking Andrew Dice Clay. And I went, well, it's it's a weird time to fall back in love with Ford Fairlane. <laughs> that was a joke, like you and three other people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, that's a, and and I like Andrew Dice Clay when he's being himself, but yeah, this acting he was really trying hard for Scorsese, and I think trying way too hard. Oh, was he? Oh, I, I loved him. I, people said like he's he's the best thing in the whole thing. I think oh my god, I wanted I uh, I was really like okay, I get it. Let's get to the ultimate uh, point with this character. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Tell me why I'm an asshole. It's like all right, enough. All right. I get it. You're gonna make me watch it tonight, aren't you? Now I want to see it. <laughs> so anyway, yes. um, but all right. So that's another one. And uh, 
No, what else? Well, uh, tell me. Hey, what what can you tell me about Civil War, Big Boy? All right, well, Civil War II. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we. I'm talking to Spencer about uh, the the initial incident uh, with what's going on with Shield, and you know that's kind of cool. Say it again. What 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 do you say? Avengers. Uh, what's it called? A standoff. Is it Nick standoff. Are oh, you talking about yeah, standoff? Yeah, it's very cool. I like standoff. A, a very prisoner esque, which I love. Well, I mean, you know me well-crafted behind the scenes. You know, you hear this stuff, like I hear it a year ago, right? And here, I, I, I think I've told you this before, though. The weird part is, like, uh, I like I, I get, you hear me stammer because I'm like, shit, it, like, where, where, where is the rest of the world in this? Like, what's a, like I don't want to spoil anything. Like, what do you know? Because I know stuff for a year from now. I right. don't want to, that's my, my biggest fear is accidentally spoiling someone else's book like i even know stuff about like other companies that i don't want to accidentally you know what i mean <laughs> no no i want i want them to tell their stories you know sure, sure. and Absolutely. i just don't want to accidentally say something i shouldn't say so uh but but i i will tell you that after retreat when you when this was when this was laid out you we were all like that is that is well crafted that that's good so fantastic yeah well and that's and that's my interest in terms of you know, I, I enjoyed um, what Jason did with, uh, and again, sorry, the last event. And, I, you know, unfortunately, they come so fast original they come and go. Original Sin? Original Sin. Uh, not Original Sin, after Original Sin. Uh, no, was it or Hickman? Shame on me. Okay, Hickman, 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 Secret Wars. Yes. Well, yeah, Secret Wars, I guess. Yeah, of course it was Secret Wars. Shame on me. Yeah. And I liked it. And I liked the conclusion of Secret Wars and stuff like that. I thought that was great. Well, you he, know, he um, hit the landing. Totally. Absolutely. Drained him of, 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 of his life. <laughs> and and I'm interested in in you know what you're doing with the you know certainly we've seen the first two issues of uh, Miles in the uh, mm-hmm. six six or whatever the hell the new you know the new world is now called. Well, yeah. Well, here let's go back to Civil War. So here's here's the deal. There, so, yes. Um, you know they they were they were you know getting they were they were having talks amongst themselves about about the year and next summer and we had um, talked Axel and I had talked about. Th- some thematic stuff that was on our minds that we were like, well, we have to find a place to express this in story, right? So we had a, we had a theme, and and that theme um, something that ma- mattered to us, you know. And and uh, one version of it is is accountability. You know, we live in a world where just now people are like, it was weird. Like people think they could say whatever they want online, and it doesn't matter. It does matter. It could matter to you personally. It could matter to you larger than you personally. You know what I mean? It matters what you say. It matters what words you put out in the world. And and you're, you're hearing stories now of people not getting hired because they're being shitheads on Twitter four years ago. Yes. You know, you're hearing about it. Like, and, and then they're mm-hmm. shocked. Well, what, what does it matter what I wrote when I was 17 on Twitter? Well, it does matter. You're a shithead. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, so uh, you talk about racial stuff or just insensitive sure. stuff. Things like that, and and we're talking like that's that that's a very interesting thing, right? And but still, you see people talk to other people, and they don't think it matters. Like they don't think their words matter. It does. Um, and, and I think some of what's happening with the, these Trump rallies is a, is an extension of that. You know, there you see there a BuzzFeed had some guy. Um, outside a Trump rally, you know, screaming, go back to Africa to, to black people. And he's all over the internet today. Yes. And I'm sure 
by Monday, this guy's life is ruined, right? And I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to be stunned that that's what happened, right? Or like I think Patton Oswalt posted this is one woman made a Heil Hitler sign. At, yes, at, I saw uh, that. You saw that, right? And that someone, someone wrote the first case of someone being memed to death. This poor woman, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, yeah, the, the public shaming the dentist, yeah. the dentist that shot the lion last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, the accountability. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I don't mean poor woman. Uh, like, I feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for her. She, she's making Heil Hitler. <laughs> right. Science of thing. It's just that this, she has no idea what's coming her way. You know, That's right. They, they don't understand. You can't do that. You know. So, uh, and, and, and the other version is like, you know, and we've, it's calmed down this year, but last year, every five minutes, there was a cop being recorded beating on somebody. Right. And like, there's not going to be, account- of course, there's going to be accountability. You can't do that. You know, so it's, fa- it's a world we live in where everyone's got a camera, everyone's filming, everyone, you know what I mean? It's, it, there, there's, it, our culture has changed. Uh, and how we relate to each other changed. And these people who are being embarrassed you know, voted off the island by this stuff are the people who are kind of, yeah, public, you know, public shame. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's fascinating. So we, um, we were talking about it. And then he called me back and goes, listen, we, we have this big, you know, this conversation blew up about accountability and whatnot. And uh, do you want to write this story? And I thought of you because, you know, you and I had had this conversation and, um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I, I'm not sure if he thought I was going to say yes, because I was literally in the powers offices, you know, uh, but I, I, it's like, yeah, I want to tell that story. Like I was, there's, there's a story to tell. And then he said, you know, we were talking to Dan Buckley, our publisher and the president of Marvel um, about, about it. And um, uh, he said, civil war two. And 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 the the back so for people who think we're just going let's do Civil War two and he goes the heroes are going to fight over this people are going to say oh it's Civil War two it will you know let's just call it Civil War two like why 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 to try to come up with a different that? name of it yeah yeah exactly why pretend it's not that and that's you know and I and I actually had often said why don't we do sequels to some of these like i don't think there should be a sequel to secret invasion but there's things that you know it's very interesting if there'd be a sequel to civil war you know what i mean Uh, not not, and and by sequel i mean sequel in godfather part two kind of thing where where the story the characters are continue but it's a different story you know almost i i think that's my favorite sequels are those that like like 27 weeks later. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I actually haven't. No, go it's on. a far superior movie to 27 days later. And that really, and that is by the way, the comment that I will get the most shit on online for saying out loud, but I said it. <laughs> uh, well, what's interesting about it is even in the context of this world and these zombies, it's a completely different genre. It's almost a more military um, story. And it's very, I, I do. I think it's very, very good. Um, and I thought of that. I thought about the sequels that were spiritual sequels or world sequels more than story sequels. And and this was that. I go, yeah, we can we can do Civil War two and not. And the trick is not to repeat every single beat of Civil War. That's the easiest thing you could do. Anyone could do it. 
let's just repeat Civil War, right? Right. Or we can let's you know let's let's come up with a completely different story. That's the, that the 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 connective tissue is that these heroes are willing to fight maybe to the death over, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the, that's the similarity. So there you go. Okay, and have we have you guys had the big uh, powwow with the press in terms of laying out uh, players and things like that, well, or does we're, we're still, Nick's story still have to happen before we get to that? Another story? No, no, no. We we're we're still we're, we're we're it's we're still teasing out, but most people have have seen. Here's what people know: um, there is an inhuman that has has found its way into the world, who is. Um, uh, seeing visions of the future and um, yes, there have been other characters that have had visions of the future. There's something different about this one and the vision. And, and so some of the heroes are like, Oh, we can use these visions to fight, to make the future the way we should be. But there's something about the visions that makes the other heroes go, you got to let the world play out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, and I, I'm being very careful not to spoil stuff, but there is something very specific about what's going on here that is makes it an arguable point. And much like with uh, Civil War, and I know some will argue, but, but there was no good or bad guy. There was there was an, a, an argument that to this day fans still fight over, and they're going to start fighting again. Uh, when the movie comes out and and has the same argument, Team Cap, Team Iron Man, you know, oh, sure, absolutely, see, you know, celebrities are now arguing over this. Whose side are you on? Jeff Loeb's great addition to the to the Civil War. He was the one that first said out loud, "Whose side are you on?" And um, and so this story that we're telling, uh, which some people understand, has Carol Danvers on one side and Tony on the other as the I guess captains of the team, for lack of a better word, um, they are um, they 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 are either opposed or for you know do, do using this and and things start to spiral very quickly uh, in the Marvel universe. But I can tell you what I'm very excited about is that um, from the first beats all the way to the end, it is it is it very different from the original Civil War. Tell me how the room has changed when you guys do the summit and go over this, because there are new voices and there are uh, yes, more diverse yeah, voices, yeah. obviously, going on. Here's what, uh, I, at the, here's what I like about the room. I, I do miss my, uh, you know, my, my a lot of my very good friends are not in the room anymore. You know, I did I did flash back to the original Civil War room. You know, there was it was Matt's first room or Matt was, you know, Ed, Ed was there. You know, there are people that that I that I. I, I, I have very fond feelings for that. Are, are sure, Jeff was there. Mark was there. And, you know, listen, and, and, and yeah, Jeff Loeb and Mark Millar and, you know, CB is now moving moving away and, and Joe is, is off in another part of the company. You know, there's just, there's just a lot of, um, uh, you know, all people I'm, I'm, I'm still friends with, that, but, but there's not in that room. But what mm-hmm. is in the room is a good mixture of people who have seen it all, Mark Wade being the poster boy for that, and, uh, and, and, and new faces of uh, like G. Willow and, yes. um, and, and you know, and, and the ilk 
so there's the, the it's it's a nice mixture of um uh, of those two things that, that i think is what made always makes that room great yeah. is david in the room now i know you said you work with him at, at uh, uh your your college but is david walker has he been has he been in the, the room yet he had just gotten his first gigs at marvel okay uh, i i i would be shocked with the success and i know personally the delight from axel of power man and iron fist that it's tremendous he wouldn't be in the room next time i okay. absolutely will be that's cool. um so uh but um um but Coates was there the guy's doing black panther he was yes um uh you know and my friend sam humphreys and like the, 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 yes it's all people i like there's no one that you know i'm not saying it's like well, my friends are going but it's people I like it's just you know people you have a history with versus not you know uh, sure. so, uh, yeah. So, um, the difference is we were kind of developing the story very quietly and privately, um, uh, amongst ourselves. I decided to write, um, a draft of the first issue as a discussion document. It wasn't an approved story or, uh, anything anyone asked for. I said, you know, instead of writing this like a blah, blah, blah outline, which I always find boring. If they're boring to read, they're boring to write. They never get across the emotional impact that you intend, you know? So mm-hmm. you write, like even uh, Jessica Jones, I, I wrote a script. I didn't write an outline. I wrote a script and I said, here's what it would be. Or here's a version of what it would be, right? For Netflix or for the no, comic? for the comic years ago. Go like, on. Every time I okay. write an outline, it's fucking like pulling teeth. I'm just, my writing doesn't, that you know, but when you write a script and you go, oh, here's Jessica and here's how she handles cases and what's, you know what I mean? It's, it's the, uh, for me, it's the, um, proof of concept. No, it's, it's just, you're giving what it actually, here's what it actually, yeah. I don't know. So, okay. I, um, okay. so I did, I said, you know what? I, I was doing a lot of, um, interesting, um, writing exercises about the ideas of this storyline. So I, mm-hmm. I, I ended up putting them together in script form and I handed it to Tom and Axel just to discuss it. And, and then they said, you know what? Let's give this to the room. So everyone could discuss it. I said, I'm worried that people will think that I've written over them already. Like, like, like there's, you can't discuss this. It's already written. Because writers, right. writers are very sensitive to um, other writers, you know. All the, yeah, they're territory. Wrote it. You know, it's one thing if you're discussing an idea. But listen, you wrote a script. It's 40 pages. <laughs> you know, I, anybody, even people don't like you would be like, well, listen, you wrote it. Or I'm, you know. But um, but it, it actually worked out well because it 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 set a uh, we we actually had a very good conversation like because it was like everyone had read a story that they can now talk about much like we were just talking about movies we'd seen so mm-hmm. um, yeah so we were we were we were good to go and from that um, that palate cleanser as it were or whatever you call it uh, we got to um, uh, we really blew some shit up it was fun. And we had, we had people offering to blow their shit up, which always that that's that's always nice when a writer is like, "Hey, you know that thing I said two hours ago? Fuck it, let's let's do this instead." And we're like, "Oh no, we're not. No, you know, people literally offering to give me, you know, some cool thing that they had to put in the story." And I'm like, "No, that's your story. I'm not going to take that." Okay. Yeah. So it was cool. I actually really uh, appreciated it, and I'm uh. So I've written um already written um the the free comic book day is done that's already at the printer uh, that's okay. a brand new story that's a very big chapter for Civil War two it's a very big one 
Is that your initial story that you presented to no, the room? No. Or- My initial story um, is in Civil War One. Okay. Um, uh, but but it's different. I'm the change. Well, and that was the other thing I was going to ask. They did add to that story, and that story did change oh, yeah, 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 yeah. once I, it hit yeah, the room. I said, "Listen, guys, no matter what you guys say, I'm cha- I'm I'm. This is not this. It's just me writing into the wind. Right. This is just. Yeah. This is this is uh, an exercise. Once it sits down and everything has to be crafted and rearranged, and you know, and and after and that's also I wrote. It, without hearing other people's plans for their books, you know? Uh, okay. And then also you can get to like day three and someone goes, oh my God, you know what we should do with Howard the Duck? And then you go, oh, shoot, I got to, you know, I could see that in the first issue. So, yeah, so it's basically they're fighting over Howard the Duck. I, I was going to ask, is how, well, no, I remember your minor frustration that Howard showed up in Secret <laughs> Invasion. <laughs> Oh, but was, Chip is obviously up and running with Howard and deal. everything. Every time I work with Lanil, fucking Howard the Duck showed up. <laughs> I've never written, Lanil, you. Go on. I have never written the words Howard the Duck in a script. <laughs> he showed up four different times when I work with Lanil. Anytime I said, all the heroes are here, there's, there's fucking Howard the Duck with a Tommy gun. <laughs> So, uh, and hilariously, Chip uh, Zdarsky um, uh, keeps DMing me things for Howard to do, or two, none of which I can tell you right now because they're spoilers at the moment, but I will share them next time we talk. Oh, that's great. Oh, that, I'm glad. They're all I'm funny. Glad they're all terrible puns that only he could get away with and, um, and, uh, and whatnot. So anyway, so yeah, so it was very interesting because usually there's like a discussion docu- document and we all read the discussion document and talk about like here's an idea we have and here's where we are with it. And instead, I said instead of that, let's here's here's some scenes, here's some scenes, okay. and here's the power that scenes could have, um, and here's where we could go. And uh, and it it made for an interesting conversation. Uh, so so yeah, so we have the uh, free comic day, brand new story, me and Jimmy Chung. Uh, a very fantastic. Hey, that's great. Yeah, a very important chapter in the um, in the story. Um, then there's Civil, Civil War Zero, which is me and uh, um, Olivier Copiel, who I've not worked with in years. I'm not wow. Since Siege. I'm so happy to be working with him again since House of M, right? Uh, no, we did Siege together, and we did a few. Oh. Uh, we've done a few other uh, like issues here and there. Like I, I grab him every time I can. He's, That's great. Like, he's one of the artists like Jimmy. You just kind of have to wait in line. So I, I, I understand. I yeah, front, no, Jimmy takes to, his time. Absolutely. I get to the front of the line. We have our fun, and I get to the back of the line, and I wait again. It just so <laughs> happened that these artists who I have a, a, of a nice history with, we've never made a bad comic together, uh, became available for this many pages at during this window. So I would stop what I was doing and go, okay, I'm going to write this for them and this for them. It worked out great. It, it, God bless Tom. He always takes care of me in this, in this area. And so, but the main series is uh, myself, Marquez. David, David Marquez. Yeah, okay, and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Justin Ponsner. And, um, and that we are off to the races, Bubba. I believe yeah, that. So no, I, that's cool. uh, I'm, I'm writing the, uh, the last issues now. Uh, my my goal is to have it everything but the last issue written um, by the next Marvel retreat, which is in April. But but regardless if I hit that goal or not, 
I will have created an environment where, you know, barring any family emergencies or whatnot, uh, it will ship on time like clockwork. Eight issues? Uh, it's six. Now I think it's seven. I Something happened in issue three where I said, hey, you know, we, we could do this. Because you're still developing story even as you go. And there's so many parts. that some, Sometimes people get uh, confused by that. A lot of events add an issue. Like Secret Wars and sure. DC's had a couple that add an issue. And what happens is you you get in and you even having it outlined. And I do have this, this um, story pretty tightly outlined is that there are so many players and so much involvement by so many players that when you actually start writing the story, um, and I learned this in the writer's room on Powers, they're called uh, WPs. And well, what's a WP? It's a writer's problem. That the outline's the outline, and then the writer has to go figure it out, right? And, okay. and you get there, and you go, okay, this Black Widow versus Gamora scene is fantastic, <laughs> but oh my God, Groot! Right, and then you go. I have this great idea for Groot, and then you, and then you're like, oh my god, I, I need an extra page, and then you need an extra page here. And it's just, and then and then all of a sudden you go, oh, and then this instance, I had found an interesting way to deliver the story of issue three in what I think is a very unique way to an event, and I it was not in the outline, and I handed it in, and I said, this is not what I said I was going to do, and it was immediately approved. It was very hard to do, so I'm glad that they approved it because it took forever. And um, and and and, but but it does add an issue to the story. Okay, so it happens. It and it, it's and sure. I'm so glad it's happened to almost every other writer who's done these because you always feel like, ah, shit, why can't I fucking tell the story in the issues that it was allowed? And then you realize because there's 700 people on screen. You know that's why it, there's a lot sure. Going on. No, I understand, and I, I understand for events and stuff like that. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. I mean, they they should be big epic stories. Yeah, and, and that's it. But but at the same time, uh, I I think also one of the reasons they called me is, uh, and this is no slight to Jonathan or Isad, is that they they definitely were hoping that it would ship on time, and then me and David have never missed uh, an issue together. In, I understand. in all the yeah. Spider-Man Iron Man, so so we're going to bring the thunder and bring it in, in, in a timely fashion. So because I know even people were like, we were announcing Civil War two while Secret Wars is still going on. That was yes. the, and that was never the original intent. You know, it was never the intent for Iron Man to start shipping before Secret Wars is done. But it was just you know it just kept going. I, yeah, no, I understand that too. An event running late isn't anything new. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. The avalanche of what must follow the event really does kind of. And, and you, know. you know what? And the, and the books are like backing up and backing up. And backing yeah. They're all still working. But listen, here's the thing. Um, uh, all of us, and this is why I don't mind when an event runs late, for my taste, and I, I think uh, Secret Wars is a perfect example, is that we all remember Infinity Gauntlet. Starting with George Perez and ending with Ron Lynn. Both excellent mm-hmm. artists. That yes. book was supposed to be drawn by George Perez. Yes. And every single page that Ron Lim drew looks like it was supposed to be drawn by George Perez. So I think we'd all rather have full Isad art on Secret Wars than seven issues of Isad and two issues of somebody else, no matter who they are. So that, that's my feeling on this. I, I, the delay is worth the while. Like, remember, like, 
you and I remember how late um, fucking uh, 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 Camelot 3000 was? Yes, it was. R- Ronin. These things were yeah. forever. Would, would you rather it was all Brian Bullen or that the, the, the last issue was Romeo Ting Hall? No, you want it all to be Brian Bullen. No, you're right. Dark Knight? The original Dark Knight? That's true, yeah. Incredibly late. And and that, this is, and then, hey kids, if I can make us sound old again, before the internet where you literally just had to go to the store every week and go, is it in? Nope. Yep, every absolutely. Week, you, didn't, you didn't get updates on the, on the internet from the creators of the publisher. You just fucking... You know, a, a year a year of me coming in, going, I, I, are they making it still? I, I, I guess so. It's a hit. Yeah, it's um. No, you're right, and also, or being privy to the uh, summits that happen with the direct market uh, sellers, the merchants, mm-hmm. and and you know the the song and dance that we all learn about behind the scenes of you know each publisher saying, well, this is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it. Yes. What do you think? Yes. Or not really, what do you think? But like it, yeah, or, yeah, like it yeah. or not, the trade's coming. Yeah, exactly. This is our plan. Yeah. Uh, no, I understand. I, uh, so, but I, I will say, I will say, you know, it's, uh, some people were, um, uh, you know, the, the, there's an instinct by some to have a very um, conspiratorial or negative view of, you know, an event or a sequel. You know what I mean? Anything like that is, uh, you know, you're going to get people going, oh, here we go. Here we go again. Well, because, you know, some events haven't lived up to the expectation. Yeah. Well, same thing with movies, same thing with television. Some sure. Do some, sure. Some, some come, come out of nowhere and surprise you. Um, and this one, you know, uh, I didn't have to do it. I had a story in my head and went, shit, I have to do it. Like once you got a story in your head that you feel all into. Sure. It's hard to come up with a reason not to. And that's what, like because even I said Axel, I go, I, I, uh, I know you, you, you're probably going to be surprised. I'm saying yes, but um, um, <laughs> hold on, sure. My phone. I must have said serious. Sometimes, sometimes when you say serious, Siri just turns on and starts recording you. So I, I just looked at my phone. I just saw every bullshit thing I just said. Like, that's hilarious. Out on the screen, I went oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, I have Siri call me Batman. I didn't understand you, Batman, and I love it. You are single. <laughs> that, that's a man having a relationship with his phone. That's true. Yeah, I'm just like, exactly. I'm uh, I'm what's his face in she, Joaquin Phoenix her, her, and she, her, yeah. or her. That's right, her. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so 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 back to yeah. So it was uh, it was a uh, it was very good for me personally on the set of powers. You know, sometimes it's just a lot of hours where. Sure, I, I do have to be there, but I, I I'm not allowed to touch the lights or the costumes. There's there's unions, so I'm just sitting there with my computer, and um, uh, and and I had this big project in front of me. Uh, it just felt good, like, and also when you're so knee deep in in the insanity of of a TV show, which isn't like your real life at all, you know, uh, it's nice to have like this thing that in comic books are my real life you know yes so yes. It, it felt i i really was actually appreciative of the um um having that project in front of me so very cool yeah, it's and it's gorgeous david and and, and, oh, yeah, and david's I, kicking ass man loved, yeah. loved iron man so go you on. know and we were we were talking about like well who should draw it you know and i'm like uh 
Uh, it's David Marquez's turn. It, it reminded me. You know, think oh, about, that's nice. You know, for, we we you know we talked to Steve McNiven and Mark, and knowing pretty well that they they weren't interested in it. Um, uh, Mark has very famously said online how much money he's lost writing the highest selling comic book of all time, and um, it's something sarcastic that we we laugh every time he says that. It's insane. <laughs> And um, but what his point was that it, t- it takes a lot of drafts and a lot of time, more time than normal to do one of these. Sure. But, you know, I, I just saw in the, in the new um, top 10 list, it's still number four. You could stop bitching about how much money you're making. So <laughs> 10 years later, it's still a top five book. You, you're all right. So but uh, I and I, I work with Steve um, on other stuff and. uh and I, I I knew he wasn't going to want to repeat himself, um, so I knew we'd have his blessing. And then I thought, well, you know, Steve and I were working on New Avengers, and he was killing it on yep, New Avengers. Yep. And it was obviously he's the guy to do Civil War. Like it's his turn. Like it's his book to turn down, right? So thinking in, along those lines, clearly it's David Marquez's turn. You know, on top of the work he was doing for me, Marvel had turned to him to create all those character designs and character uh, templates for the all new Marvel universe. Like all that art was David Marquez, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he was not only that, but in almost in a Bagley like fashion, he was becoming the visual voice of this generation of Marvel. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's his, you know, but listen, we had we had pinky packed it to stay on Iron Man together for a while, like to really make it a thing. So for me to call up an issue later <laughs> and say, Hey, I know we said this thing, but, um, he, uh, but he knew, listen, you know, being offered the brass ring at the company is a huge compliment. It's gigantic. Sure. It's, it's the, it, it's, it's, it's the, it's the most concrete, you know, for freelancers. It's so hard to know. Am I doing well? Am I kicking ass? You know, you never know. You know, and, sure, and really, sure. when as as you've heard other people say, uh, the the only time you know you've done well is when they offer you another job. And you know, like like if you write a script for Daredevil and they call you up and offer you Spider Man, oh, that must have been a good Daredevil script, right? Sure, absolutely. So same thing with this. They go, "Would you like to do our big summer event?" That is a huge compliment. So, so you know, I did have to say, listen. This is going to be a lot harder to draw than Iron Man sitting in his room, staring at a computer. Uh, That's true. And, and it, it, particularly the first issue is, is, as people have seen, it's literally everybody. Uh, we, we've released some art, so people have seen that, you know, they've, um, it's, it's everybody in the, in the Marvel Universe. And it, it just takes forever. So, but he's killing it. He's killing it. And what's, so you great, got- and what's great for fans is that David is the kind of guy who goes, all right, Civil War One is still on the top 10. So there's a chance this book will be around for a long time. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it the best book I've ever done. And just that makes it a treat for you, the reader. Like, you know, and I mean, me, the collaborator, I'm like, oh my, this is going to, you know, this is exactly the mindset you, you would want. Is your art? No, I, I'm I'm psyched for David, and and truly was planning on talking to him about Iron Man, and I liked how the first arc ended and everything too. Yeah, uh, and that was a fun story. It was an interesting. We'll get into that with Doom and Tony and Madame Aska and everything that was going on. Or Madame Madame Medusa. 
not a mask. It is Madame Mask. Yes. Okay, I did say it right. All Medusa right, I is sure. inhuman. Yes, yeah, so there I know her exactly. I don't know. I got my. You know, I'm sorry. The time change. I'm completely discombobulated. Is there a time change tonight? Yes, it's oh. already happened here in Chicago. Oh, it's my favorite. I love it too. You know, I, 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 it, it takes out of my bike riding when it when it gets dark at four in the afternoon. Yeah, I know. I'm oh, really looking forward to coming home at, while it's still sunny out as well. From but work the hard everything. part is getting the kids to go to bed when it's still yes. out at 10 o'clock. It, yes. You cannot convince a three-year-old it's nighttime. Yeah, I understand because the sun's still out. Certainly, still, I, I get it. Anyway, so um, but yeah, that's, so, that, that's, that's the origin of how it came to be. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to people to see it. Uh, I know it, that uh, because I'm a writer who has gone there, has done some dangerous things with some characters that people love, that it's scary. And uh, But at the same time, there's people who love that about me. Oh, good. He's going to blow shit up. Uh, you know, <laughs> every day someone writes to me like, just tell me what page Hawkeye dies on. <laughs> just tell me what page. So Avengers page. disassembled so for the younger people. Says, can you just tell me what page it is so I can buy it from David? Like I want to buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was hilarious. It was very funny. So, um, and I told him issue two, page nine, and <laughs> and anyway, so so this this is where it came from, and I I, I feel very challenged and uh, borderline overwhelmed in in that good part, in that wow, this is a big one, this is huge, and I know there's a challenge in front of me, even from certain people's um, uh, perspective on events, you know what I mean? To prove them wrong, to get yes. the story worth worth a goddamn and show, show them something they haven't seen before. Right, because the, the phrase, you know, I mean, and again, event is kind of like spectacular, that if you have 100 spectaculars in a row, it stops being as, it's not, not quite as spectacular as it used to be when it was, you know, hey, we've never done this before, or <laughs> man, it's been years since we've done this before. And it, you know, summer events are kind of, you know, okay, it's time for another event. Well, it's an event and it's a sequel. Yes. So it's two things going with that mindset. It's two things going going against it. But sure. But uh, sure. Uh, that's not. But so you, you want you don't want to be the two Jakes. Right. You want to be, right. <laughs> you want to be the, you want to be the Dark Knight. You want to be the one that went. Wow, that 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 is, you know the first one was really good. That second one is Oof. is really good plus, or or that that is, that surprised me. I did not think that that's what this was going to be. That's the kind of stuff I love. Agreed. So, no, I'm hopefully I'm, we'll, we'll, yeah, I, I feel we got it there. Marvel feels we got it. So we'll go. I mean, I know there's a lot of rumors online about it. Um, you know. I, I I can't stand that. I, I I gotta say I appreciate the interest. That's very flattering. But there's certain people go online and just like spew. I know for a fact that this is what's going to happen in the story. And I, I don't, you know, that's you know. And so so here's what happens. So so some people say stuff online that's just flat out bullshit. Just okay. pulled it right out of their ass. Not not a not a true. Anything, right? And then right. there, there are people that that may may have heard something at a bar, at a at a con or something, right? And then they run online and they and they and they say it. They go, "Here's what I know," right? 
So I'm now stuck in a, in a place where I can't deny the fake rumors because if I don't deny the true rumors, you get what I'm saying? Like, if they're, right. if they're true and I don't deny them, then that means they're true. Right. So I can't deny anything. Boo-hoo, I know. Well, I mean, obviously when the story comes out, it'll speak for itself and the rumors will have died if they're completely no, wrong. I, I, yeah, they already died, but it was, it was, it was like annoying. Like I'm trying, I want to surprise people with the story and like the entire internet world is literally built to not let that happen. Right. I'm no, you're right. I'm, I'm just talking about that's, you know, I have that experience. Of course. No, 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 absolutely. I Every story. I was so fucking impressed with J.J. Abrams getting away with what he got away with. The machinery he must have been, had at his, you know, the surprises yes. that we saw in Star Wars. Like, I was genuinely surprised in Star Wars, and I had friends that had seen it months before me, and I was surprised. Like, nobody spoiled it. That's cool. So nice. Hilariously, um... Kids at school spoil everything for the other kids at school. Some oh, kids, yeah. <laughs> kids, we were talking about Star Wars before. Uh, Force Awakens. Like, kids go right to school and tell you exactly what happened Force Awakens. <laughs> uh, a, a five-year-old neighbor of ours whose parents decided he's too young to see it, um, I said, oh, you haven't seen it yet? Because my son had seen it, right? We had a long right. talk about what was real and what wasn't real. You know, I was more worried about Chewbacca getting an owie in that movie, and then him just then than I was about the other stuff. Okay, like if Chewbacca gets an owie and lies down, I thought my son would would have been in a coma. I understand, yeah, and and he wasn't. <laughs> he was he was he was as excited Chewbacca was on screen, and um, uh, and this five year old kid, I said, "Oh, you haven't seen Force Awakens yet?" And he just turns to me and goes, "Yeah, but the other idiots in my class spoiled it." <laughs> Bummer, man. I know. They, no one lets you. No one lets you enjoy anything. So yeah, yeah. Not just well, me, but boy, how how impressive it was that the the spoilers not coming out for this. And I haven't seen a spoiler for Ten Cloverfield Lane. Me and my wife were going to go see it tonight, but uh, the kids the kids were just needed us, so we didn't go. But I'm dying to see it before the spoiler hits. Yeah, I got. I don't know, man. I, I I still haven't seen the first one, and I I'm not sure it's how. It's not feel a about real. This. It's not a real sequel. Much that, Civil that. War too. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. So International Iron Man, who's doing that? Well, and who's doing uh, regular okay, Iron Man? Uh, uh, Invincible Iron Man is me and Mike Diodato, and has been for a few issues, and it will continue to be for the rest of the year. I think. Uh, he is killing it. We love working together. I love working with him. He's bringing so much. Uh, uh, invent, uh, it, so did he finish David's story? Did he finish the, no, the no, first story? David finished the story. That, that was one thing. I fucking hate, you know, if you can avoid it all. Sometimes you just can't avoid it. But it, it, I said, let's finish this first story arc, and then we'll start Civil War. And it was a little tight on the schedule, but we got it done. Okay. Um, and then International Iron Man is Alex. And I told Alex, we have a story to tell with Tony Stark, and we can do to Tony Stark what we did to Matt Murdock, but you have to finish Scarlet, because we can't do anything until you finish the second book of Scarlet. Okay. So we did. He finished them. They're beautiful. They're coming out very soon. Okay. The next three issues of Scarlet are in the can, as they say in the business. 
and uh, and then uh, Invincible Iron Man. I, I mean, International Iron Man comes out this week. Comes out Wednesday. Oh, fantastic! And it's okay, the beginning good. of uh, a very a very long um, look at uh, Tony from uh, from a very unique perspective. Now, what our, our high class problem is? More people have read me and Alex's Daredevil this year than ever read it ever from ten years ago. Um, because because of the TV show. The TV oh, show sure, sure. Both Daredevil and the Jessica Jones trades. Tremendous, crazy business, crazy, and it, it's it, amazing. I love it. You know what I mean? Because it's work I'm proud of. I'm sure I wouldn't be proud of it if I looked at it, but in theory, having not, I'll only remembered it fondly, I'm proud of it. I'm sure I would I would cringe at it now. Um, uh, so I'm happy people are seeing it. So here we are about to start again. Uh, so it, it will take us a few, few issues to build to uh, where we built with Matt. In those, those first mm-hmm. few issues, uh, don't don't take the entire experience of our fifty-five issue Daredevil run and compare it to one issue of Iron Man. But we have a plan to get there. Okay, well, and I enjoy when you work with Mike as well. God, I mean, his Avenger stuff was fantastic. I love, and... I love Mike. I think Mike's one of the greatest artists in the world. I I, I agree. Now with I have Sarah, it's Sarah Pacelli on Spider Man. Yeah, Mike Shadow yeah. on Iron Man. Alex Maleev on Iron Man. Valero Shitty on on. Uh, Chate on, uh, on, um, <laughs> on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's 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 just and and obviously Mike on uh, uh, Mike Oming on Powers and United States of Murder. Yes, it's it's yes. every page that comes in is mwah. Has the second United States of Murder arc started? We have started in our, our end. It'll come out that 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 took the hit with the Powers TV show happening. We thought sure. we were going to get a second season. We did, I didn't know as we've talked about in the past. I didn't know what what was success. Like, I right. asked because it's a new venture, right? Like, right. what is success? Like, what do you need out of this, right? Right. What is Sony looking for like, from uh, starting PlayStation and doing live action television on the PlayStation yeah, Network? Like, what, what do you want, right? And and we would ask, and 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 finally, they gave us a number, and we hit the number. And, That's and, terrific. And, and yeah, it was great. I mean, I, like I'm like because it's a number far larger than anybody sees in comics, you know. And, sure, uh, sure. Uh, and we and we hit the number way before Crackle and everything, and I uh, like just on PlayStation, and I'm like, oh great! And then they call, they called up soon and said, yeah, we're we're doing it again. And um, so so that that was you know really amazing. I it really because that that's where I have no control. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yes. You, you put stuff out, and everyone does their best and hopes for the best, but you you don't know. You don't. So, I hear you, man. And also, same yeah. thing with Jessica Jones. I was more like like curious to see how Jessica Jones was perceived by the world, um, because it was following. First of all, I'm just a showbiz whore like you, where you you don't follow kids and animals. You don't follow a kick-ass Daredevil show, right? That like it's right. Really, you can make, and you know, I thought the Daredevil yes. show was amazing. And you follow it up, and I'd seen the first two Jessicas, and it was different um, and much more psychosexual and and yes. and, and uh, about darker issues. And I'm like, darker personal issues. Well, yeah, no, Daredevil had its own issues as well. But. She's she's a, a you know a, you know, and, and I was curious. And anytime there's sex involved, 
sure. people, you know, you know, it's just it's 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 sex, religion, and politics. Yeah, it's subjective. Absolutely, Absolutely. people are just gonna lose their shit no matter what happens. Yes, yes. So I was like, and I, you know, and and who knew it was exactly the kind of sex everyone was looking for? <laughs> who knew? You never know. Everybody was happy with the sex. So um, I was um, very. Hang <laughs> up. I was very um, just overwhelmed with the success of Jessica. I, I it was it was truly amazing. I was really happy. And yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, it's from my perspective, like it was funny. Like I, I had seen it. I was relieved personally that the show didn't suck. Sure. I, I, I told you. Like, well, again, someone else took your baby and, and was playing with it and everything and, and turning it into something else. And Joe and, Posada took me to his apartment, sat me down in his studio, put it on, and just and didn't, basically didn't say anything. Just put it on. And I wasn't sure. Is he not saying anything because it's good? Or is he not saying anything? Or is because because he's like bracing me? <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> you and I should do this privately. Because like, like, it was a version that felt like that too. Like, listen, I, you should hear it from a friend. You know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> so I watched it, and, and me and 10 minutes in, you're like, holy shit. You know, and then even in my, my you know, deep-rooted genetic Jewish neurosis, I was like, this, uh, am I nuts or is this pretty great? And then, and I, but, but I liked it, but there's all kinds of things I like that nobody likes. So, um, like Newsroom. And um, uh, so when it came out, I was like, what will... What will the reaction be? I don't know. And the, the reviews were uh, like overwhelmingly positive. It was it was insane. I you know. And then and then I I had this experience a few times where I was out and about with friends and we overheard people talking about Jessica Jones. Like I never had that experience before. Like I've had the weird experience of having like being somewhere and there's someone reading one of my books, mm-hmm. and you want to like go up there and do kind of Steve Martin, Bill Murray shtick with them you know and i never do it's like you know you gotta it's in the reality of it's so douchey right <laughs> excuse me i couldn't help but notice you're reading my book yeah or you just come up start writing on it they're sort of signing your name right in the right where they're reading you know <laughs> like, i've always wanted to do that i've always wanted like because i i do travel more than most right yes, and I, yes. I i always want like i do i go to a lot of comic stores that um, the, the person goes, shit, what are you doing in New Mexico? And they, they go to me, go, you... Because <laughs> that's the only place that, you know, as, as we talked about before, like, yeah, like, as Kelly Sue said, we're comic book famous. We're only famous in comic right. stores. And by the yes. way, Apple stores. I should say that. I'm always made in an Apple store. Hey, that's awesome. Every that's Apple cool. employee is a comic fan, and they're so nice <laughs> to us. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that's so it's, cool. it's hilarious, because um, it's happened every time. Anyway, so... Um, um, oh yeah, my, my eight year old smashed an iPhone that just dropped it by accident. It's one of those hits where it just completely smashed, you know, and I brought it in and, um, to get it fixed and, the, and not knowing this person knows who I am. I go, blah, blah, blah. And I give him the phone and the guy goes, Oh dude, is everyone, everything okay at Marvel? Cause he thought I threw the phone. It's <laughs> So anyway, so uh, back to – but anyway, so I, I – you don't know how these things are going to go. And I'm so off track with my Jessica story that I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, but but so yeah, Jessica, with, with Jessica and with Daredevil comes this people – complete word of mouth. I want more Jessica. Oh, you should read the book. Uh, I want more Daredevil. Read Bendis's and Miller's and Wade's, right? 
and um and and then just over and just it, and then it's millions of people all over the world it's such a netflix is so huge sure right and um and and yeah so it's crazy that something that you did years ago um just finds a a, a life bigger than it ever had the first time it's crazy crazy Last summer, we talked that there might be a new Jessica Jones material. Yeah, there, there, um, yeah, there will be. I'll just flat out say it. I'll keep, okay, because <laughs> there is. We're, yeah, yep. I don't know if you heard Sanford when he was talking about Power Man and Iron Fist with me, and I just you know wondered where uh, his and David's story was going to go. And he's like, well, I don't know what to say. And I go, you know, when Brian was on and we were talking about Jessica Jones and there might be a new book, and he said, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and, well, and Sanford just kind of ran with that during the interview when I'd be like, and, uh, you know, we might see Colleen Wing and, and, and Misty Knight. So wouldn't that be wouldn't great? Wouldn't that be great? No. This, this <laughs> one, um, uh, we I, – you, I, I, I don't think I should do – like, I don't mind when other people do Jessica Jones at all. And in fact, uh, someone else is doing a little something with her that I'm pretty excited about. But I don't think anyone wants to see me do Jessica a proper without Gatos. Yeah, without uh, Michael. Gatos sure. is working on another sure. project right now. And okay. Se- but the second he's done, uh, we're going to get to work. I was so- just showing someone my Michael Gatos sketch of Jessica that he did for me back in 2000. I'm trying to remember the year. I had you sign it. As well, I remember. I remember. No, I I have Jessica Jones artwork in this house that he gave me just uh, out of friendship. And uh, now that the show is uh, what it is, I looked at it and I, I forget who I was. I was with Oming. Oming is like, that's a really nice piece. I go, you know, there's no way in hell he's happy he gave me that. <laughs> <laughs> that that I, I I have I have a lot of nice artwork that I've gotten from artists over the years. You know. Uh, the two pieces I feel that way about are that, and there's no way in hell David Finch is happy he gave me the cover to New Avengers number one. <laughs> wow, sure. He gave it to me in such a lovely moment of collaboration. It was a very nice gesture. And then when the book hit, I was like, he really wishes he had this. Because <laughs> it's wow. like a present that went from Here's a $50 present. So here's a $2,000 present. I bet you know it's so funny. Uh it's Tim Seeley's birthday tonight as we're talking and I went to his party and Gene Ha gave him a beautiful gift and it's this incredible either cover or splash page from Top 10. Wow. Wow. Yes. And seriously, we're like I'm I'm sitting there with Tim and his girlfriend and I and we're looking at it and Tim's like this would like be really expensive for Gene to sell. And, and, and he goes, and someone would buy it. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, this is a really expensive present. Yeah, I've, you know? I've like, yeah, I think so. gotten presents like that from artists. Just, That's terrific. We're just, you know, it's, it's, it's the yeah. best, you know, I, I'm the one very publicly talking about how wonderful they are. And I'm not saying it in anything other than that's what I feel. You know what I mean? But, yes. And the only way for them to, gesture back is is to is to give a piece of of our baby to share and and i do look at them and and it's it's because it's beyond just oh that was a good experience it's oh that was you know what i mean that was like a next level experience and and sure sure that i have in in my house you know 
I like where Jessica, I like where Jessica is back to her for a second in in David and uh, Sanford's Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah, and that, that's all and I kind of like how she's the voice of reason in that book. That, and that's David, obviously a good friend of mine, and we, we teach together. Uh, you know, he very. I could he, I could tell he's always cautious with me about Jessica, and I'm always going, no, whatever, man, do it, go there. But uh, I have some, we have some pretty ballsy plans for her. I, I, I think I, I, you know, going back to something that people may even have a, um, like, uh, it, it, I don't know what the word, you know, some people remember things much better than maybe they are. <laughs> sure, you know, sure. In my, my kind of brain, colored you know? picture of what, what something is. Like, like you'll appreciate this. I, I Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> Was on was on the HBO the other night, and I don't think I've seen a frame of that movie since the early '80s. Okay, and I stopped to watch it, and I think it was funny because I just all of this you'll appreciate. This is now I'm talking your language. The uh, Jerry Lewis documentary was on um, uh, the other night. The encore Jerry Lewis, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's very good, it. and it does make you feel good about that whole that whole era, right? And then and then you switch the channel and there's Dean Martin in 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 uh in um Cannonball Run two and I I go oh I, I know you're laughing at me and then I and I watched it and did this movie Cannonball Run two entertained me so much when I was a young man and it's such a horrible piece of shit <laughs> yes it is uh, on every conceivable level you can't believe adults. Of of uh, of of talent came together, and this is what they came up with. Yes, yes, it's unbelievable, and I was completely in love with it uh, when I was a young man. Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, Jackie Chan. Yes, let's stop. Uh, Susan yes. Anton. Anyway, so Susan uh, Anton, you're right, and uh, and a Menudo uh, soundtrack, as I remember, right? Menudo. Yes, didn't Menudo sing the theme song from Cannonball 2? I'm reasonably certain. Well, that is crazy if that's true. So, um, anyway, that up. Uh, so, but I, I, but I remember <laughs> thinking, it just the, the thought popped in my head about people thinking back on things fonder than they were and not to ever be that. You want them to read it and go, oh, that's better than I remembered it being, you know, which, which has happened to me about other movies. And, and other books where you read it again and go, oh, you know what? This is really good. Like Electra Assassin, I, I recently re- reread, and it's uh, so much better than I even remembered, and I completely loved it. So that's cool. Well, that and that's good to know. And so only I could bring um, Cannonball Run two and Electra Assassin into the same anecdote. But listen, before I forget, I almost texted you uh, this. Um, uh, uh, I, the documentary Becoming Mike Nichols on HBO saw it and it's amazing I'm so glad you saw it it is literally everything you like in the world you're 100% right yeah it is I just I, 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 was, I read a review for it I was excited to see it and then when I saw it it was far better than I thought it was going to be and I'm not sure exactly what I thought it was going to be but all that stuff with uh, Nichols and Mays Yes. Well, all the and I thought I knew a lot about them, but there was something about the way it was presented and the little anecdotes about her uh, that I didn't know. 
that it just blew me away. And I and I, and if anybody cares about anything about comedy or filmmaking, uh, place I for can't that recommend this documentary on HBO higher. It's wholeheartedly entertaining. I must have laughed out loud like ten or fifteen times. It's funny. He's a funny, it is funny. guy. But it's this beautiful, and it's HBO's got a few of these where. Uh, and, but in this one, he clearly knew he was going to pass away soon and wanted to sit down and get this all out there, right? Agreed. And, Agreed. and it's, it's, but uniquely, it's a mixture of him quietly being interviewed by a good friend of his and then just the two of them alone in the room and then a similar interview being done in front of a giant audience of people. Same two people, yes. Yeah, and, and Intercut, that mixture back and forth. plus startlingly excellent archive footage of Nichols and Mays. Did you find that? Yes. Because I've seen a lot of their stuff. I've never seen it so clean, so cleaned up. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 just, I, just, I just loved it. It inspired me to my core. You know, funny, Sam Humphreys is actually here sleeping over. and he. Oh, that's and great. He wasn't, he Sam wasn't Sam all in that world. And he was like, Jesus, man, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is getting under my skin. Like, there's a light under my skin, you know? No, I understood, and I and I felt the same way. And the other thing too is they have great uh, photography of the the original uh, Odd Couple on, yes. on stage. Yeah, and don't you wish that someone had shot Carney and Mathau? Dude, I googled it to see if there was any like YouTube footage of it. There you go. But instead, yeah. I found seven clips of Al Pacino's version of Glenn Gary Glenn Ross that Ooh. were filmed by the company. To promote the Glengarry Glen, seven little scenes, like about eight minutes in total. Interesting. Of wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll link you to that. That's uh, yeah. Please do. No, I'd love to see him and uh, Bobby Cannavale and and uh, the guy from the West Wing. It, it's it's just a little taste of what it was like to see the show. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, no, and and also what I loved about the HBO Nichols thing too was it was so superior surprisingly to the PBS American Masters Mike Nichols special that came out two months earlier. I don't know if you saw that. I did, though. That's the thing. I've seen a lot about him, and I've read that too. amazing profile on him in Vanity Fair last year. And, yes. and I, I yes. it's like one of those things like, like Scorsese. Like, I know more about Scorsese than I do about myself. Like, I know all the details, <laughs> every anecdote. Like, even like, and I was going to bring up like uh, Mel, Mel Brooks, did a similar uh, spotlight show for HBO last year. Yeah, he yeah. He told all the anecdotes. Yes. I heard him tell those anecdotes on Bob Costas in the in the 80s. Yes. So yeah. I, I felt like I'd seen, I, 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 it was nothing new and I hadn't seen, uh, but like, whereas the Woody Allen American Masters was filled with stuff I had not seen before. Yes. Right? And and the Mike Riddles one, so I, once you see an American Masters, you feel you've seen it, and then this came about, and pff, look at that. Oh, yeah, because honestly, I was a little disappointed in the American Masters PBS Mike Nichols thing. And I'm, and I, it, it, the, the HBO thing, yeah, just made me really happy again. There's also, I don't know if it's on YouTube, I hope it is, but he did a great actor's studio with James Lipton. Yeah, 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 I saw it. And that's enough. Like, I've seen all of this stuff, so I thought I'd seen mm-hmm. it all, you know? Yes, right, stuff, exactly. Honestly, it made me so just completely stunned by Elaine May's genius. Yes. I, it, it's hard to even describe like what she was doing, how she was doing it. And as a woman and how 
I mean, I, I, just, I always loved her, but holy crap. For yeah. her to just go on stage, and, and then you find out, and this was the connection of uh, uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They didn't write any of this shit down. Yeah, there's no script it. at all. It was all improvisational, and, yes. And it's not like when you watch an improv show now, like even when you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, where every once in a while you can tell this is an improv fluff and they're, they're yes. there. And instead, um, it, it looks completely scripted. And there's not, there's a, not great, a moment where you think, oh, they're, they're laughing at their own jokes because they can't believe what they're saying, right? Like even you watch that, like, like my kids love um, – you won't even know what I'm talking about, but other people will – um, there's a bit that they do on Jimmy Fallon called Tight Pants. Have you seen this? I have not seen Tight Pants. I've so seen other bits. Basically, that Will Ferrell comes out wearing tight pants, uh, dressed as like a mod from the 60s, talking, singing about his tight pants. And then uh, Jimmy Fallon comes out and he, he thinks he's got the tightest pants and he sings his song. And then they bully Jimmy Fallon off the stage with clearly improv insult, right? <laughs> and it's funny because no one makes Jimmy Fallon laugh harder than Will Ferrell just going off script, right? But you can tell okay. they're off script. You can tell they're fucking with each other. And it's funny. You cool. can tell any of that with Elaine May and Mike Nichols. No, absolutely not. I can't imagine no. being a fan of, of my work and your work and tuning into this thing to hear things about Civil War and being stuck in an endless conversation about Mike Nichols. Yeah, but the guy is a genius. Is, and it's and, and that's the And I felt... If I tuned in for Miles Morales stories and this is what I'm getting... <laughs> anyway... Well, the thing is, no, but the great thing is, honestly, that I love about the podcast is that we do direct people to these amazing things. And then I get the emails, and I hope you do, too. I, actually, I, I, I absolutely but, do. Okay, there you go. I, I, and honestly, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even bring it up. like, like, <laughs> like But I did. I was like, I, I, and Sam will tell you, uh, um, while we were watching it, I said, uh, holy shit, Sutras would love this. Holy shit. <laughs> you know. It's totally true. No, and it really – it also energized me creatively, and that's – and obviously you're saying the same thing. Yeah, it's hard to describe to people who don't do some creative for a living, but you'll find inspiration, like yes. truly blood-curdling inspiration from the oddest places, right? And, um, and, and, and uh, uh, you rarely find them from – you do find them from your own industry, but it's the romanticized look at other people's industry that really gets you. But when you when you discover something about someone that you admired and it makes you admire them even more, you know, it just, yes. it just or or you realize something about them, you admire them even more. And in in you know, I that recently with Spielberg, where where someone was interviewing him about all his greatest hits, and almost every single time he'd point the responsibility of this thing that he's famous for, he said, no, no, that was Lawrence Kasdan. No, that was George Lucas. Wow. His, he, the, 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 his collaborator. complete confidence in, in self to genuinely just go, no, that the, give credit where credit's due with no sense of anything, but legitimately, this is how I feel about the world. This person did this and they deserve all the credit. It's so, inspiring to me and it's because honestly may I say having the the other downside of knowing a lot about the industry is that when you see people not doing it it's a fucking bummer right yes like, come on give that artist the credit or give that rate that credit and so i love pointing to like what like in and I, it inspired me to say oh no that was jeff Loeb's idea or that was this person's idea. you know what i mean sure yeah because even like 
you know, House of M. I wouldn't have come up with House of M without, you know, I told the story to Jeff Loeb, and then he said, what, what does Magneto do? When I told him the Scarlet Witch story, and that, and House of M came out of that. You know? Yeah. I, didn't, I was yeah. going there until he said it. So it's stuff like that. I, and it, it inspires me to behave likewise. Well, it um, we can bring it back to comics Let's for the people who are wondering about Miles Morales and and some Miles Morales <laughs> stories because yeah, now he's in a new environment. Yes, and that's and yeah, so two issues in and everything, and what you know, two absolutely beautiful issues in. It's a very absolute. Sarah's doing great. It's yes. a very interesting thing, and it's one of the reasons I'm excited to get back into it with Gatos, even though we just did a little mini Jessica story last year uh, or this year actually for the for the for the show. Um, we, we never stopped working together, me and Sarah, but Sarah left Miles and then Miles aged up Mm -hmm. and changed as a character. And then she came back to it and then applied her self to the new Miles. Uh, it was very interesting. Like, I know this is like very inside baseball, but what an interesting experience for an artist. You know what I mean? Like. You know, a lot of these characters never change. Like if you, you know, like John Romita said, like he, he'd been on Spider-Man for a while. Ten years later, he's back on Spider-Man. It's still Spider-Man. It was some Peter Parker. It's the same age, right? Miles, right. Miles had, 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 had aged up a couple of years. And in teenage world, that is a lot of years. Absolutely. That, that's, a, that's a different physicality. That's a different everything. Yes, and same definitely. With, um, same thing with um, – um, Genki and the, and the other, they all look different. Mm-hmm. And so yes. she, had, she had that in front of her. It was very interesting. I don't know. It just interested me. So, yeah, so we're, we're, we're back in it and he's, um, and you know, we're, 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 we're playing that interesting balance between, uh, being this legacy Spider-Man and being this, this, this character that's making his own way. And, um, we had, um, Interesting reaction to Miles's reaction to people reacting to his race in the book. Um, uh, this is, I, I don't think you've read it yet, but um, uh, in issue two, his his um, his costume rips during a fight that he wins. Right. No, no. Go people on. People film it, uh, and then and then people see for the first time that there, there's brown skin under the costume, uh, and react. Uh, and the first reaction he sees is a very positive reaction. But it weirds him out, and I thought um, this was something I wanted to uh, to pursue. Being that I, I have witnessed this in my own life um, with friends of mine, and uh, uh, but I knew it's, it's it's you know as we talked about before, anything with politics, race, or sexuality, half half the people are just gonna like fucking bash you on the head. And uh, but 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 I was surprised who was happy and who was bashing. It was very interesting, but I'm very happy we did it. Um, now what I will say, and what most, most people got, I will say, and, uh, and, and whatever kerfuffle we were building up to online, you know, being the, the, the scandal of the day, miles brought up his skin was, was curtailed by the ghostbuster trailer coming out. So those people just get mad about stuff and moved on to the ghostbuster trailer. And, uh, <laughs> And it, 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 you think I'm joking? It was hilarious. Like it all happened when I was asleep. Like I went, you know, I, you know, I work at night, so I, I went right. to sleep. I woke up. I checked my Twitter, and it was like, um, 
oh, fuck you, white boy. And then it was like, oh, wait, wait, Ghostbusters, what? And then they were gone. And it was people who don't follow me, don't read the book. They just heard something. It's very interesting. It's hard to describe. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. That's they yeah. just move on from and and um and and it was it, weirdly there was something with um a gamer gate. There was something where where social anti social justice warriors or something were 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 wrapping themselves around what I had written in Miles as something pro them or something, and that, none of it was true. And most people saw that, but um, but but that get, any people just have social justice warrior and Gamergate on a, on a search and anything that gets brought up, they lunge at, you know, and then added with the, the loveliness of someone taking one panel of your comic out of context and putting it online and saying, this is it. And it's not it. No, even if you look at the page, there was four pages with this one pages. That's one fourth of the point that was made, you know, Okay. So this, mm-hmm. this happened to me with with a few other things too. It happened on uh, Iron Man, uh, Iceman, and it, and it, I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it to yes. other friends of mine. I had an artist friend of mine who was completely baffled why their work was um, photoshopped and put online. And said, "Look what they did," and he goes, "No, that's not my. That's not it." You know, it, it was <laughs> it was it was borderline what the Time Magazine did with OJ, which is another show I think you would love the the OJ show on the. You know, I keep hearing that. Yes. Or, yeah, I, and you're going to laugh that I'm watching this and not watching Fargo, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I am shocked how good it is. It is. That's what I keep it, hearing, it, and that's it, it, it yeah. Straddles this fascinating thing by being just a good t- a show and uh, making a statement about how it was a soap opera, a reality show soap opera, yes. and then like, like strangling that part of it like really diving in like finding out why it was like like why did this happen and it's interesting and it gets a combination of comedy sometimes like the 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 little kardashian kids come home and go daddy you're famous you're on tv i want to be famous yes that's what friends have told me about those particular scenes it's very good that's interesting no and i and it makes me want to watch it because you know there's like when moneyball came out I, I finally saw the movie, and I really enjoyed I the love, baseball movie. I love movie. Moneyball. I love it. But, you know, I was covering that on a national mm-hmm. uh, level at my sports radio network. So it's like the and last I'm like, thing you want to hear about, right? Well, yeah, yeah. just like, I'm, like I know the story. I'm not going to learn anything from this. Why would I want to watch it? And then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, this is a fantastic movie. Yeah. And the same thing with OJ is, good Christ, you couldn't not live that as it was Oh, happening. yeah, yeah, we all saw it. Like, I'm because like, of my perspective of the world. I'm mad that they don't ever mention the Howard Stern phony phone call that hit Peter Jennings uh, the night of the Bronco. You know that one, right? No, I don't uh, know that one. I remember the, the Challenger greatest, one. But... The greatest phony phone call of all time. Uh, they they literally somebody, and it isn't Captain Jenks who was famous for doing it, uh, uh, calls up Peter Jennings and says, we're across the street from OJ's house. They put him right on the air and in the most... Uh, Amos and Andy, horrible black voice, goes, uh, you know, I'm across the street from OJ, you know, and and, and in, uh, in a millisecond, you can tell it's bullshit. And Peter Jane um, has, has the voices in his ear, and he doesn't hang up with the guy. And then Al Michaels, the sports guy, remember Al Michaels? Yes, of course. Yeah, I know Al Michaels very well. Go and on. go, 
Peter, that wasn't real. That was a farcical call. Wow. Because he, he says at the end of it, he goes, Baba Booey to you all. The guy got everything out. <laughs> got every, he went all the way through bullshit about OJ, fake racial voice, Baba Booey to you all. Al Michael says to go on and say to Peter, by the way, that wasn't real. And Peter goes, oh, yeah, okay, we have them on all coast. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Like, completely, <laughs> like the guy fell for it whole, wholeheartedly. One of the greatest moments in Stern history. It's fantastic. Oh, that's outstanding. Yeah, oh, my God. Chaos. They get one of these idiotic things in them. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. It's and it's unbelievable. And also, when you listen to it like years later, it's still hilarious because he's clearly not listening to a word this guy says. Like Peter Peter Jenkins, is yeah. not listening. Yeah, the, well, that's I remember. That's how Dan Rather was, unfortunately, during the Challenger thing, and, and about the week yeah, all he, got through. He's not listening. And, or it wasn't the Challenger. It was. Um, Oh, God, shame on me. The, the, I know what you're talking about. I actually think it is. The other space shuttle incident, yes. No, it wasn't the Challenger? I think it was the Challenger. Maybe it was Challenger, yeah, but I, I thought, that. yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, so um, <laughs> you should check that out. But the, the point is, um, yeah, so we, we have Miles is now on top of yes. finding his place in the world. He yes. is um, uh, finding his, his place in his biracial uh, place in the world. He's kind of, you know, and, and um, most people said, oh, I get it. This is the this is how he feels today because he's young and naive. And then he's going to learn more and more and more. And it's always interesting when, when certain people are able to um, look at a character and go, oh, this is a very specific story about this character. This isn't my story. This is his story. And other people can't let go of their perspective of the world. It can only see, no, this is what happened to me, and that's the only way it should happen in books that I read. So, Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that, too. But I, I heard from so, – and this is the great part. This is this – is, um, our, our readership is so diverse now, more than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to hear from so many African-American readers on the day of release – in such a positive way. So great. Terrific. You know, that there's something that they want to buy, that it's for them. And they, it's, you know, uh, they, 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 there's an inclusion going on. And that's what the point is. Whatever this Gamergate shit is, I don't, I can't even follow it. And I'm sure you can't either. No, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't understand how the existence of something new negates what, you know, everyone liked about the old stuff and is like, well, now we can't have both. And it's, it, it has to be one or the other. And it's like, I don't get that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm obviously anyone who read like, and thankfully this all blew over before I woke up. This was the hilarious part about it. It was a little, uh, tempest in a teacup or whatever you call it. Uh, yeah. A teapot. Sure. Yeah. But it, it was, <laughs> it was literally over before I woke up and, um, uh, they had moved out of Ghostbusters. Yeah. It, it really seemed that way. It was pretty funny. Um, but, but, uh, some you know some people are like, I'm outraged. They go, no, you really should read his work. You're 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 outraging. This is not the guy to outrage at. This you're you're wrong. And and <laughs> and, and then they moved on. Can I ask? Uh, I I I feel I have to, sure. and I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on the whole Iron Fist uh, television. Well, I, casting I mean, kind of flat. One of those things where people think I know something that I I don't know. No, I just. Go on. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, well, that's how I feel, and I feel like an asshole because I always feel like I am a liberal. Here's here's what I've learned. You know what? 
we're we're a couple of white dudes and it, yeah, it ain't, ain't, ain't our place to it ain't our place to. Okay, we got we got, we got plenty of things to, white shit to deal with. We got our Donald Trumps. We to got deal our, with. yeah, we got this this this. Um, I I would almost go to say uh, at, at at some point our opinion that doesn't count. Um, but I but as a creator and a creative person, I was let the creator and creative people do what they're doing and see what they do. And yeah. then, bitch, then... Well, that was my Batman-Superman argument, but yeah. I've seen just as many people go, get up in arms about something, and then it actually, they actually see it, and then there's really nothing to be up in arms about. What you're worried about, and, I, and I've been victim of this as well, where, where you, what you're, what you're, wor- you're worried about something that it's never, it's not gonna, it was never going to happen. Your, your, your brain went to the worst-case scenario. You wrote a bad thing in your head. That you're yelling right. at me about, and I, and and you know, you know. No, I understand, and I and I do sympathize with people who want to see an Asian Iron Fist, but I, but again, it's like I don't know. I and I and also there are examples of Orientalism that I absolutely agree are really egregious and terrible. Um, but I also think it's uh, like well, what's going on with Muslim? People yeah. in our culture, and obviously in our politics, it's probably the thing that needs the most forward thinking that hasn't happened yet. Like, there's a lot of forward thinking going LGBT. There's a lot of forward mm-hmm. thinking going African American, and in the sexual spectrum. Generally, I, 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 much more work needs to be done by all measures. But you can feel. There's good in the air, right? But there, yeah. there, there are pockets of stuff that has not matched the level, and and I think um, uh, Muslim and Asian are, are the two that I would I would I would point at as as the thing that I would be the I I, I think need the most work, sure. and and um, going to do my part where I can where it's story appropriate absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. I, you know, I still haven't seen all of the new X Files, and there's that Muslim episode that everyone is really yeah, pointing I at. I haven't seen it either. I, I'm so um, allergic to Chris Carter as a human being from things that I know that it's hard for me to dive in. He he's one of those guys. He's like, uh, I've, I've uh, he ru- he ruined my enjoyment of his stuff from the way he's treated some people in the real world. Oh wow! So just people this- people I've met in the world who. You know, I have nothing nice to say about the dude. So, how about uh, Man in the High Castle? Amazon? Have not gotten to yet. I am. Oh my! Well, I will say, Joe Casada said best show of the year, and I one of them. My, Certainly one of them. Yeah, he said this. You know, when when and this is when creators uh, come to you and say and point to something that that's not good. It's great. I like like done. I'm yeah. I'm on it. And then yeah, it's exceptional. I go well. I'm going to put that on the. Pay full attention when I have time to really pay full attention. <laughs> I understand. Yes. I mean, that's like you know. And six months later, you still haven't seen it. No, I get it, man. But, Believe but, me, I get but it. But I many people, Joe being and Joe never Joe's someone who's very um, uh, selective, selective with his with his euphoric uh, uh, compliments of things. So when he says that is phenomenal, you go, well, that must be phenomenal. It really is, and it's uh, and you know, and what made me think of it, obviously, Frank Spannett's, uh Coming from uh, X Files, obviously. Yeah. Well, let's go re- rewind to Miles a little bit because here's the thing: is sure. sometimes when I Happily. when I'm talking to you and 
And, you know, I, I, you and I both get obsessed with um, the sociology of, of uh, how, how things are critiqued, you know? Yes, um, absolutely. I, and, and sometimes I can sound uh, more dismissive than I am. And I'm not dismissive of a critique uh, of, of how, how I handle a character's um, very personal journey. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for some people who are very sincere in their critique – and come at me and they've read, they've bought it and they've read it and here's my critique, plus or minus. Um, that, that is wholeheartedly, uh, I take it very seriously. That is why all of my um, uh, social media are open windows. Like you can write to me anonymously. I, I'm, 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 as, I'm as open to hearing what you have to say as I can be. Now the downside of that is that uh, there's a lot of uh, you know shenanigans. There's just there's goofballs that are sometimes, admittedly, looking for a fight. Like this, this is uh, you, you know this to be true too. They're bored. So tr- there are trolls online. No, there are people that trolls. It, it's are you know picking a fight. The a picking for a fight. Uh, B they have an agenda. Whether it be like 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 it, it's funny. Like it was one of those days where um, you're both being called. And it happened with Iceman too, where you wake up and uh, gay people are applauding, and then you're a homophobe. Like I like I'm either I'm being called gay or homophobe, and this one okay. I'm either being uh, I'm racist or I'm the most racially progressive. It's like and then they read the same thing, and one person thinks it's the most racially progressive thing they've ever read, another person thinks I'm a racist. Right. And this happened with Jessica and Luke Cage, like even having their relationship, they go, uh, you, you just want to fuck Luke Cage. And it, it, it's, it, <laughs> you, you, you think that about me, so I know that you know that. So, um, so it's you put certain things out there and there's no consensus uh, opinion. And if someone feels negatively about it, they, they think everyone feels negatively about it. And, and I'm telling you, they don't. Like I, I've had things that were that had a consensus, but on this stuff, there's there's none. And and when, and I'm just gonna tend to err on the side of those who got it. Like if if a bunch of readers it was intended for got it, we're good. Uh, you know what I mean? And 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 then it's and it's a weird thing on Tumblr too. Tumblr has a thing where someone will take your work out of context and then point at it and say that is racist. Right. Right. And 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 then other people will read it. Not, they don't know me. They don't know my work. They don't know the book. And they'll just go, wow, that's racist. But but, you know, you're not. You, first of all, that's not it. And, you know, it's it's already been presented to you skewed with an agenda. You know, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, absolutely no, and I've seen you get it on both sides, yeah, I do. Uh, I, positively I, and negatively. Sure, and 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 and, and at, at a certain point, I have to just throw my hands up in the air and go back to work. Um, I some people think that uh, I, you know, I don't write in a vacuum. Like other people vet this stuff. Like it, it's vetted at the publisher. I vet it personally uh, with with my friends and colleagues. Like if I'm mm-hmm. going down a road that I know, I know it's. A, I know it's a weird road. You know what I mean? I know it's a weird road by, by, I mean, for a white writer to go down this road. So I, 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 I show it to people. I go, is this honest and true? And, and if people I trust tell me yes, then, then I go for it. And if not, I don't. 
Have you had people say no? Sorry, uh, not, I'll, I'll have consistent. I'll have um, someone say this word would be better. And I, you know, I've never gone so like I'm not so ignorant, you know. And, and you know, I have a multiracial household. There's a indeed race in my yes. house, so it's not like it's yes, completely baffled. But most things like this thing that we're talking about with Miles is something I heard someone say about themselves. I heard someone say, why does it matter that I'm a black? Why can't I just, you know, I'm going to make up a a thing. So I'm not, some people don't try to guess what it is. Like, why does it matter that I'm a black actor? Why can't I just be an actor? Like, why is it qualified? Right, right. And it bothered them. And I thought about it. And then I thought of the characters that I write that Miles might, you know, how interesting that would be if after a, a couple of years of being Spider-Man, his costume finally rips on camera. And then that, you know, why, like if his costume ripped and it was white skin, it wouldn't even be brought up. Right. Right. Brown skin is being brought up. And then, uh, an, another friend of mine was, um, uh, commiserating about their state. Uh, again, it could be, uh, their being male or female or being, you know, but obviously if you're a female creator or you, your uh, your sexuality is as such, it's always brought up. Yes. Right? And it's yes. not what I've achieved, it's who I am and then what I've achieved, right? Or And then hilariously, that's the frick. So that, the, so, and, and so, so I put this in context. I wake up in the morning, it's literally like noon, so it's three in the afternoon on the East Coast. So some people have read their mm-hmm. comics. The first reaction mm-hmm. was like, oh, what's he doing? Ooh, right. And I thought, oh, that's what I got. I got a, another week, another week of this. And I, I, you know, I don't think this is worth that. Right. And then right. literally the next hour was nothing but love, nothing but, oh my God, I, I have to tell you. And I, and, and I am a, I'm an Asian graphic designer and it's, um, it's always how I'm introduced is an Asian African. They never say this is a graphic designer. And I always cringe every fucking time. Because they're they're like, why am I being qualified? I just want to be a graphic designer. I hear and, you, and I got a flood of those, and so that was the mostly the takeaway of it. And I was quite I was quite moved by it. But it, it always it's always those first couple that you go shit. Is this the way it's going to go? And then it, it didn't go that way at all. But then you got the third option too, where the people that uh you know that, that we'll use the the uh, female comic writer and stuff that it's like it is important that I'm a female comic book writer so there's that third option it's the you know yeah why can't I just be a great writer and can't I just appreciate this can't the audience just appreciate the work for what it is well and the role and the role that you're doing and then and then there's like I said or, or there's that oh god okay fine we have to you know celebrate the the woman or we have to celebrate the person of another color and then like I said yeah then you get these other people like no I, it is different because it's coming from me um yeah you know and 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 again there's there's this and let's be frank 95% of the people who read just want to read and there's no agenda yeah. and they're happy to read it. And it's only when they go, wait a second, that's some bullshit that's insulting to me. Do they respond? And by they, right. I mean, and usually I mean, it has to do with story. And by they, I don't mean any per, any, I, no. all people. I'm not talking about any race. Right. Um, so I'm talking about the audience is what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. The general audience. Um, but again, it's, it's, you bring up certain subjects, you just kind of know, 
there's an agenda and uh, by with certain people on both sides and it's going to get hit. And, you know, and my, and the frustrating thing for them with me is that every single time the, there people who are looking for a statement about this, they're not going to get it from me because I'm not writing a statement. I'm writing a story about an individual, right? This is what happened to this character. Right? Yeah. Same thing with Iceman. That's what happened to this character. That's not yeah. what happened to all characters. It's not what happened to you. I'm not really, you know, right. they, sometimes they go, that's not what happened to me. Well, I'm not writing your, your autobiography. Right. right. And, and, I, <laughs> and, and I, I'm always going to be writing a story about an individual and the individual and their story comes before any kind of agenda that you're, you're pushing and pulling on, you know? So I, I just, and, and so it's frustrating if you have any kind of agenda to try to, pinpoint my work on it because i'm just i'm just not there for you this is not where i'm coming from so it's just um you know complicated stuff and but 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 my overall thing was that most people got that oh this is where he's starting it doesn't mean this is going to be that's all he thinks you know if you he's he's going to discover more things about himself and what he thinks about himself sure. in relation to these things as the story progresses but you know he's he's not a fully formed character. It's not that's not fun to write, and it's no fun to read. He's got to start somewhere and then learn something, and then now that he's to his superheroism. Sure. Well, and I does this tie in any way to that last panel of the crossover story that you did, Spider Man or whatever it was called? I was like, they want to say Iris Spider Man who uh, lives down the street. Moses, but you know, Moses the Spider Man, he he's, he's the cancer at <laughs> my temple. <laughs> exactly. But no, when, when Peter Parker, 616 Peter Parker, goes back home and sees online what, you know, Miles Morales is represented in that 616, and he's like, oh, no. Are we going to see that soon, or is no, that it, still... Uh, someone posted online, it, 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 they, they do the next panel, and it's a picture of John Hickman. <laughs> no, that, that, that's all going to be addressed, but it's just, we got to get there from a different angle now because of all... Yes. Wars. And I know some people yes. are really I uh, this and this question I will tell you I get every day. I'm sure you do. Every day I get Well, cuz yeah, now they're, they're they're living in the same universe yeah. and really I, the great scene in two when when Peter, you know, steps up and well, you, you know did, kind you of You did read it. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 oh yeah, man. No, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, Abuelito, uh, his grandmother show up and Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, the spin on the face of Tiger speech. That was the other side of it. Is 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 the um, the two things that people requested the most were to, that his race be brought into the story somehow. And again, there was no like there was no like this is how you should do it. It was like when will that right? When in? will we see the Hispanic side of his life? And, and then you no, know, and the other side is when will the other side of him because he's African American in appearance. But but there's a whole other side to him that's a big part of it, and sure. that was one of the things about bringing his mother back is that we can open that door so clearly. And here and here we go, here we go with that grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, we'll see, we'll see what people think. That she is word for word a uh, dead on impression of someone in my life, uh, as as close to as how much I wrote Aunt May as my mother. <laughs> that, that this is this is someone I know inside and out. I can't wait to um, uh, delve harder into her. That's cool. But she is she is going to be 
like his Doc Ock. She's going to be. <laughs> she, she was the. She, it's going to be tough. Cool. Yeah. No, that's great. That's very funny. No, and also coordinating with Wade on uh, how he's using uh, Miles in Adventure. He's really great about that stuff. That's when when someone's like an old school pro like that. Um, you know, like no problems at all. Cool. Like he's he, it's all good. And he that's cool. set it up. He set it up perfectly. And um, it was one of those nice little moments, you know, where where and I, I always had this with Mark Miller too. The stuff I'm interested in writing is just not the stuff he's interested in writing. So we're never going. Oh, I wanted that. It, Terrific. I, I, that's I, great. I generally wanted this part, and he generally wanted that part. The end. Done. Good. Bye. Go back to work. That's great. You know, I remember when he and Rucka did uh, Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Punisher mm-hmm. getting together a few years ago. And it was a crossover when they were both writing the various books. And it was really interesting hearing Mark talk about uh, Greg's version of the Punisher and how he was approaching it and everything. And, yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, was, so, and no, I, you know, Those are two real writers, those two guys, too. That's, you know, I'm hip. As you know, Greg's, Greg's, the, Greg's the real deal. Oh no, definitely no, no question. I'm bummed. He's he was supposed to come to Chicago for C2E2. He had to cancel, but Mark will be there, so I'll be able to talk to Mark. Oh no, it's it's good news with Greg though, so it's good. Oh, that's great. Well, that's good because yeah, he just said deadlines and stuff. So I'm glad that yeah. there's you know. Well, and I know I know some things are percolating, and we talked about that on the air. Mm-hmm. I know Lazarus is certainly in development and everything. What a great series! My God, I love that series. Love oh my love God. it, love it, love it, love it. I am not surprised. It's the perfect Greg vehicle, in my opinion. It's like him doing world building and crafting. It's just everything he does. And it's crime at the same time. I mean, that's the thing. It's fun watching your guys with United States of Crime and also Greg and what he's doing with crime families and Lazarus and stuff like that. And that, you know, these two different kind of weird sort of almost, you know, alternate world uh, looks at organized crime. So, you know, me and Greg have been friends for years and years, and we just had this – unique experience where both of our daughters had about mitzvah this year so we both hey that's great yeah we were at each other's bat mitzvahs and we both had that like oh my god we're at the bat mitzvahs and um uh, okay. i can't believe that because i know uh dash a little bit better than i know i've only met olivia the one time in uh baltimore and i've met and hung out with that have had dinner with dash a few times and stuff she's great yeah she killed so it that's crazy. And, um, she's 13 already holy shit i know and uh um also greg um you know part of the class that we teach is um we have the benefit of having all these amazing um creators that live in portland that come to yes. lecture the class so i'm able to express a lot of different viewpoints to the students so they can pick and choose which viewpoint most applies to them you know the 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 you know we've talked about fast the 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 hardest thing about teaching a class is you don't want to go here's how to write like me you know what i mean here's the how to write like bendis class it's that's terrible sure. no one that's not that's not what you should be teaching right but here i can have matt and kelly sue and uh um greg and all these other artists and editors and uh you know diana Schutz and scott alley and, and all yes. come in and just just give them all this information that they can consume and take with them on their way. Greg is so good at this. They're all good. Greg, Greg, it's so funny because every single semester I go, I'm going to block out like an hour and a half for Greg to come in. It's like a four-hour class. And then lo and behold, three and a half hours later, why, why did I plan other stuff for today? He's <laughs> – I'm not surprised. So, no, he's so passionate and, and absolutely and connects with a, with a group. Go on. Yeah, so I just – I know. I just have a lot of uh, – Good feelings about Greg. You know, I found 
these three panels that you uh, and it's very funny because we're talking about all three of you right now of you Wade and Rucka doing panels at Wizard Chicago back in 2006 and I keep meaning to ask all three of you I would like to re-release them because it is oh, 10 years audio, ago audio of it yes yes did I say anything that embarrasses me in today I don't think so no <laughs> I really don't and I'll even send them to you guys and let you listen to them but the one in particular and I really was really pro Trump back then I don't want <laughs> I was really into those stakes. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say <laughs> they're surprisingly good. Uh, no, uh, Mark is uh, doing a writing class. Mm-hmm. Greg is just talking about writing women. And, and at the time, it was like the time of infinite crisis. So uh, Wonder Woman killing Max Lord was a big subject and things like that. And the last one, and I've forgotten, really, I have to include... Ed and uh, Ed Brubaker and Paul Jenkins in this too, because Paul was technically running the panel, but it was a writers' panel that you the it was Greg, you, Ed, and Paul all taking questions and stuff, and uh, and I I talk enough to Paul that I'll have, I can get his uh, approval on it I, as well. Yes, I remember doing a writing panel with um, Paul, and I told a joke that just bombed. So badly that Paul turned to me and goes, what do you mean? And I remember <laughs> thinking, like, as comedy fans as we are, but wow, that, that is, that, it just, it just, it stays with me. <laughs> no one else will ever remember it. I'm sure Paul has no recollection of this. It haunts me. <laughs> well, I, I brought up because I, even I was. Even if it's on there, you can, you can, you can air it. I just, no, if you hear good. it on there. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it might not even be in my head. It went on for an hour and a half. It's probably a second. Well, I asked a question about uh, thought bubbles not being used anymore. And you actually just either was right before or right after you started using them in New Avengers a little bit yeah, my for favorite. like a second or whatever. And it became this like it got out of control. Like what? what like in what way? It, it just in terms of everybody kind of commenting on. Uh, thought bubbles versus uh, narrative caption boxes on, pa- you know, mm-hmm. because at the time Steve Englehart was doing a new sequel Joker story to the Laughing Fish story, and it was him and Marshall Rogers. It was one of the last things Marshall Rogers did, mm-hmm. and and Englehart used thought bubbles, mm-hmm. and some online critics are like, "Oh God, why are we beyond thought bubbles?" And I'm like, well, "Wait a minute, who who the gives a fuck? And what's wrong with?" Um, Batman having thoughts as opposed to a caption box and just, you know, thinking. Yeah, it's interesting. And, it, and yeah. I and, and I remember that I was one of those people. I'm like, that is old. You know, what it was is those thought sure. balloons. I'm sure I'm repeating what's in the thing you're going to put out. But what was in those <laughs> thought balloons a lot of times was just just a vomit of exposition and not the good yes. kind. It was just here's a bunch of shit the reader's got to know or the writer wants to, to get out there. And it was written in a time where – uh, there weren't trades. There weren't, you know, there, there right. wasn't a second life for this material. It was you're either going to buy this book or you're not. So you're going to put everything in this book that you need to know, right? And there were no recap pages, and uh, right. and so it it made it gave certain writers a liberty to get a little flabby with mm-hmm. the how they're telling their story. So when things got more sophisticated, that was something they pointed to and go, look at that pile of shit words on top of Wolverine or Batman's head 
Right. You know, like Batman's punching the Joker and over the head, Batman's like, oh, my parents were killed and oh, Robin, you know, and, and it's like, and it's just, it's just, you know, it, it just, and it, it's technically bad writing. It might've been at the time necessary or, you know, but I think that's why one of the things that everyone loved about Frank Miller so much on Daredevil is that he found a way to get all that information across in the context of the narrative without it feeling like vomit. Right, you know, it no, felt I, like, oh, it, and, and again, that that Mickey Spillane kind of way to tell a story made it absolutely. much more palpable. You know, again, this I've studied, sure. studied this like the Torah, um, and, and so so with uh, us new little you know, whippersnappers go, uh, <laughs> oh fuck those those um, those thought, thought balloons. balloons, fuck those thought balloons, and then and then you know I would say that very loudly. Then I would go home and think about that, and then think about well, wait, wait, wait. What are they really supposed to be doing? And that's what I and, and then I put them in the Mighty Avengers, and then that was the wrong place to put them because six issues later, there are scrolls amongst us, and now I can't do the bit because if there's people hiding something, you can't have someone sure. their thoughts without that. So I blew it a little bit there. I I because wow. I wanted the whole series to be to have that voice, but I um. It's just, that's why you abandoned it. That's interesting. No, as soon sure. as Spider Woman showed up and she's a scroll, right? Spoilers from ten years ago. Um, <laughs> um, you know. By the way, that's another thing. But so you know, people people don't get mad about um, you know, all the racial, sexual spectrum, all right. that, all that stuff that we talk about. That you know, that I, I don't want to insult people with because I, I you know I, I wholeheartedly think my heart's in the right place. No one cares. Like that's about two percent of the complaints compared to the ninety percent of like I spoiled something from fifteen years ago. That's really. <laughs> I, that. I get more shit about that than anything. I get shit. I post a page on Tumblr from like a Batman story from twenty five years ago. And people go, "Thanks, man. I was just about to read that." It's like, do people call up Comcast and go, man, I turned on my TV. It was the end of the Matrix, and hey, I was fucked, and I was ruined. Right. That's what the, that's the same complaint. I hear you, man. No, I say the same thing, people, about the podcast. And they're like, it's really long, and you shouldn't have talked about this. I'm like, yeah, do you, do you call HBO and, and tell them about no, Vinyl? you should ask them to get, take their money back. They get their money back. That's what they should do. They should give them their <laughs> money back for this free well, service that's true. you offer them. God damn. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> No, I know, man. I know. But that's the thing. And Paul's finally like with the thought was like, all right, I, I believe we've uh, exhausted the uh, subject. <laughs> and I'm like, even to the day, I get all riled up about it because you, you you get all pissy about it. And you think about why am I being pissy about it? What, what, what do I know better than Steve Englehart? I don't know better than Steve Englehart. That, well, that's the and, and honestly, his his use of it wasn't what you described. And I understand that argument about certainly in the Silver Age, too. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm flying off to Candor to stop this insurgence. And it's like, there's our hero flying off to Candor to stop this insurgence. You don't need that. Well, no, well, his thing 70s, was, he was... In the 70s, it was the most egregious. Oh, sure. But this was in, like, you know, the 2000s, the sequel to Laughing Fish. And it literally was just, like, him thinking to, like, Silver, like, Silver St. Cloud, who was trying to rescue, like, hang on, honey, I'm coming. And people are like, oh, God, we need that. And it's like, yeah, he's in love with her. And he's kind of worried, and he's just, like, reassuring himself that, you know, whatever, while he's doing a very Batman, like, kind of, like, move through this building or whatever. And it's like, come on. <laughs> I 
you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and that's... also there's there's certain writers that just thought there wasn't a lot of writing on pay, like 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 you need to see a lot of words on page so they feel like they earned their 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 money. There's still people like that today. Sure. You no, know, it's it's a, it's a it's a funny mindset. Or or and, well, and, and there's also a, like a teensy bit of arrogance to some. I see they they're literally covering up art so they can be the voice. You know, and it's really stupid. No, I hear you, man. No, and you're you're the guy that pulls dialogue away and says the art did everything that I needed to. I don't need. No, dialogue. I mean Warren Ellis is is the, the you know is the king of letting the artist tell the story. I mean, just you know, there's so many people. I, I hardly can take any kind of credit for that, but it is a school I I, I look at and go, right, what do I need to do here? You know what I mean? Especially when I get mm-hmm. so uh, I get so lippy with the dialogue. What you know what I mean? You gotta you gotta really kind of pick your moments. Even I think about that. Can you believe it? I respect that. Anyway. No, no, absolutely. Well, we've uh, we've done well in terms of our, our conversation today. I'm, I, Given that you still got announcements to come, I don't know what else that you would want to talk about. Well, no, um, I'm looking at the, I can't believe we've been on the phone for this long again. I sincerely meant to do a shorter podcast with you. <laughs> who knew we were going to spend 45 minutes on Mike Nichols? But listen, uh, I love you. Oh, right back at you, Sean. You know that. I'm glad to do this with you again. I would like to do another one uh, sooner than later. Uh, we always say that, and I'm and I'm in full agreement. It's it's our schedule. Coming. I actually have something coming up in my life in April. Okay. I literally, the third thought in my head was, oh, this would be good for a podcast with John. Oh, thanks, man. I will tell you what it is off the air. Uh, I appreciate that. And honestly, I, I thank you for... Thinking along those lines in a WonderCon and stuff like that. Honestly, as I always say, it it means a lot. No, I mean that. that uh, like as soon as I was done with Seth Meyers, I couldn't wait to talk to you. That, 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 that was like, fantastic, yeah. and I told somebody that story as well. I'm like, do you know producers of Seth Meyers actually listen to my nonsense? That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I just just that, that you know this stuff. But anyway, I I hope we were clear about the the race the race stuff with Miles. Um, the the point is, my heart's in the right place. Uh, it is it is based on stuff that I've seen in the world, and the story is not fully told. So, for those um, concerned, uh, you you need not be. I, I I'm 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 not writing in a vacuum, and uh, and I, I have a story to tell that I think is of value. Cool. All right. Excellent, man. No, and I you know as always, I I'm interested in what you're reading and watching and and listening to and. Uh, you know, no, I, I, can't, I, can't, I my, my my highest recommendation this time is uh, is being uh, uh, Mike Nichols. That that is my highest because I think it's one of those people have to find. But I'm sure it's on HBO Go or something. So yeah, it absolutely is. No, definitely it is. And uh, man, Alex Gibney, who didn't do that Mike Nichols thing, but he, he did the I, I think he did the Woody Allen thing for American Masters, and if not, he did that incredible Sinatra thing for HBO. Yes, yeah, and the Scientology thing for thing. HBO. Love that. That's another good one. I wasn't as in love as Sinatra as a lot of people were, because um, he, he was such an asshole. You know, he's a massive yeah, asshole. So it, it's hard for me to like really, you know, get into it. Like even Jerry Lewis is an asshole, but um, I don't know. It, it was it was less it was less barbaric, I guess. The assholeness, you know. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. No, I mean, no. He, you know, he walked out on his wife, and you know, is stripping everybody, and uh, basically had promised to marry Lauren Bacall after uh, Bogey died, and screwed her over it at the last minute you know crazy shit like that absolutely weird guy so yeah so but 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 it is a very good documentary as well Amazing i did like that as well i did like that one but, but yeah but mike nichols looked like a genuinely decent dude 
who was making trying to make good stuff his whole life, and that it was just fascinating to watch. I quite agree. I'm looking at my Kindle to see if there's any books that I haven't mentioned. Uh, I've been reading. I started late. reading Colin Quinn's book because I ran out of tough crowds. <laughs> That's really interesting. And I have to read it in his voice. Have you seen any of his one man shows? Yeah, other than what live, you know, live. But the one I was going to say, you know, I know HBO did the first one. Yeah, but he's we did some fucked up with his he, his makeup or his eyebrows is some weird going on. <laughs> I, I, so why did you do that on your one man show? That that's interesting. Loves? Yeah, on the on the one that he that they showed the on HBO, it's Seinfeld directed some yeah. weird shit with pancake makeup and eyebrows. I, and, and listen, I'm hardly making fun of someone else's appearance. <laughs> All right. This is why I, I can't wait to show up at WonderCon and people are, you know, because I, I haven't done shows in a long time, right? So when I show up to somewhere, it's like, oh my God, he's melting. <laughs> well, David Engel and I were concerned about your eyebrows a while ago. So, oh, you know. I told you why I cut them down. I told, no yeah, one believes yeah, yeah. me. Well, I, I, it's just. My baby son was pulling them out of my head. I would hold I him, just... he would grab them and yank them till they bled. So I No, you didn't tell me that. Actually, you didn't tell us. He didn't bully me. But like so like when he was like 6 months old, he just, yeah. I would be holding him all the you know, you can't put the kid down. And I hold <laughs> so him and he would just grab by my eyebrows and cuz uh, there's no hair on my head. Right. There's nothing else on my head. He would just grab my 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 left eyebrow pull it. <laughs> Loved it. That's and awesome. Say, Sweetie, stop pull it. And you, you, you know, you, you you can't fight back. It's a baby. You just, of course. Stuff. And then finally, I go, you know what? If I if I, if I just tweeze this down, he won't have anything to grab. And lo and behold, he stopped grabbing. There was nothing to grab. Well, sure. Because you look like Christoph Waltz in Zero Theorem. You know, I haven't gotten there yet, but uh, um, <laughs> it's not good. I, don't see I, it. That's why. Yeah, exactly. But, but please oh, don't see but, it. It's horrible. Thank you for reminding me. His book is great. Terry Gilliam's or Christoph Waltz? like a whacked out biography, but it's not really a biography, an autobiography. Uh, it's like it's like what kind of biography you expect from him. His Gilliam. daughter kind of put it together, and it literally it's even in the in the promotion of it. He goes, "Dad, can you do this? Because you're going to die soon. You should get this done." So it's definitely Terry Gilliam. You know, okay. Terry Gilliam made this book. It's great. go on. Oh, very I interesting. It from like four people. It's yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah, I, you know, and I'm interested in this two-man show that Cleese and Eric Idle are doing that obviously came from them doing interviews mm-hmm. about Cleese's book. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Uh, and there's a documentary about them making their show that's coming out soon, too. I can't wait. Those last shows they did in England. Yeah, I thought that DVD was already out, and I guess it isn't. No, 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 it's not out yet, which means legal trouble. Anyway. Well, and, I, and it was made, as I understand, to kind of clear up some legal, like, debt. Mm-hmm. That's what I and also God, it was Harry Shearer who was on with I want to say Mark Marin, who I think took it a little further than maybe reality and said, "Oh, the Pythons all hate each other." And it's like I don't think they all hate each other. I think some of them are kind of tired of each other. I think it's interesting because I think they fall in here. We're, we're going off again. Yeah, I, know. I think they fall in and out of love with each other in a very interesting way because there well, was I- definitely years in the eighties where Cleese wanted to murder Eric Idle. Like you really felt like the, the oh I didn't know that I know Terry Jones and him had issues but I didn't know Cleese and Eric Idle had a tell moment. Cleese just had enough of him. Interesting. And, I, I, and and they make up and whatever. And it's fun. They find each other in their older years. It's just it's they they the pairs of them have shifted over the years. I am very 
Agreed. I'm very, Agreed. I'm very into how they talk about each other. And you watch Cleese's one man show on HBO. Another thing I highly recommend. Um, uh, that's great, but I don't know if you've seen it. But I haven't seen it. I didn't know it was on HBO. It's stories that you've heard before um, a lot, but they're presented in a new way. He he went out of his way to uh, spice them up a little bit, and and it, it shows clips and then talks about the clips and and goes all the way through to Fish Called Wanda and why the other one didn't work. You know, it's, it's still love it though. Still really like fierce creatures. I I I, I just think you want to. <laughs> Well, I, I and I understand it's an imperfect movie, but there's there's enough in it that's you know I I think Palin is really good in it. I really think Palin's excellent in Fierce Creatures. It, it, there's just something off with the way it's filmed. Oh yeah, I, I oh, don't def- think it's the performances or the writing because the writing is actually really good too. You can hear it, but it just it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. But 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 there were there were there were pockets of time, and then he makes some joke about like uh, Eric Idle made them a shitload of money with. Um, Spamalot, and now I think he likes. <laughs> He's excited to like him for all the money he got from Spamalot for doing. Probably, but I'm I'm excited to see the <laughs> Marty Feldman show. The what? That uh, the Marty Feldman show that Cleason he did, yeah. and with um, I forget the third guy, but it's uh, another great uh, British comedian, Tim uh, whatever his name is. Three names. I can't remember, but I know what with a hyphen. Um, but yeah, not the 1948 show that that thing because I've seen a, a couple of those and they're online. There's there's some YouTubes of those and things like that. But yeah, I'm always interested in what the Pythons are doing. And again, there's guys that much like the Beatles, you know, had their three or four years of doing that TV show and have done so many things apart that it is, I think, almost reluctantly when they do get back together again and stuff. But well, I'm reminded that they're right now filming your new favorite movie, which is uh, Steve Coogan and. Um... Rob Bride? No. Uh, Steve Coogan and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on Cal Naughton Jr. I know, I know his character's name in, in, uh, in Talladega Nights. What's the fucking the, the guy's name? Was in Talladega Oh, John, uh, John C. Riley. I, I could come up with Cal Naughton Jr., but not John C. Riley. That's, that's really something. <laughs> yes, it is. But go on. That's going to haunt me for it. What movie are they doing together? Uh, they're making the Laurel and Hardy movie right now. And uh, interesting, yeah. Wow, I, I think you were. I, I thought of you when I saw that. I said, Well, you know, honestly, Dick Van Dyke always talks about Stan Laurel and, and how what a genius and no. like got to know him right before he died. I, 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 was, I was going to tweet at you, um, uh, I can't wait for you to, uh, um, to uh, critique the timeline <laughs> that the movie lays out <laughs> based on your <laughs> I am, I am, and I'll tell you off the air what I thought you were like going to have a bone to pick with me about it. I'm like, oh man, what, what did I do? <laughs> oh, okay, let's get off the air because then we have a lot of stuff to talk about. All right, All but right. yeah, thanks. And, and yeah, when the announcements come, obviously, we will try sooner than later and hopefully we'll have a late spring, early summer uh, new yeah, Bendis. Here's what's coming uh, Power Season 2 coming sooner than later. Uh, whether you watch Season 1 or not, you're going to love it. It's, honestly, it's really just good television. And uh, Civil War. Uh, not what you're expecting, and I think that's great. So all that plus, um, by the way, and just so I, you know, I I rarely you know, we do do these as frequently. Uh, the sales on our books, uh, Spider Man and Iron Man, going back to press again uh, this week. I just you know, I, I just thank you, thank I just want to thank everybody for supporting these books. You know, we we focus on. Uh, critique and criticism and, and uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, scandal or what have you. But uh, the, the reality is that that many of you have been 
promoting these books very loudly on Twitter and telling people you should buy these and people are buying them and, and, and thank you. And, and, uh, and it, it means the world to us. And, uh, I, it, it's, it's just, you know, like, like, like seeing miles in the top five debuting like that. It's, it's shocking, shocking. And I just wanted to say, thank you. That's excellent. No, and honestly, uh, really have enjoyed both uh, Spider-Man and, and Iron Man in particular. And I've got to catch up on guardians uh, with the thing. I haven't been, I have to admit that you I just been... don't like Jews. It's true. <laughs> That's real problem, buddy. There you go. Uh, start tumbling away and start yelling at me on Twitter. We will see you guys soon. That's Brian Bendis. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. More great stuff coming up in the month of January for, uh, for Word Balloon. We're only halfway through January. Don't worry. Uh, I've got the time, and believe me, I'm going to use it wisely and uh, crank out some uh, other great conversations with uh, some of your favorites and some new timers. And uh, looking forward to presenting you uh, the full range of conversation you normally get here at Word Balloon. Uh, today's episode was brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where uh, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, more indie sort of stuff. Although we're going to start with Hellblazer, uh, trade paperback volume fifteen, High Water, Brian Azzarello and Guy Davis together. Nothing wrong with that, man. I am telling you, a Simon Bisley cover. Are you kidding me? Forty two percent off for uh, Hellblazer volume fifteen. A great story called High Water. Uh, Eleven dollars. Pardon me, fourteen dollars. And 49 cents. You can get Unfollow, Volume 2, God is Watching, Rob Williams' excellent Vertigo series with Michael Dowling. Tremendous idea, and this is the second trade paperback. 42% off, just $8.69. There's Black Panther, Book 2, Nation Under Our Feet, Tanahisi Coates, uh, Chris Sprouse, Brian Stelfreeze. That's your uh, creative team. Uh, Chris is the uh, artist uh, on the uh, interiors, and Brian Stelfreeze does the cover. But uh, the story continues for uh, Black Panther, and this is 42% off, $9.27. You can get Green Arrow, Trade Paperback Volume 7, Homecoming. This is back during Mike Grell's incredible Green Arrow run from the 80s. I always enjoyed his take on Green Arrow. I think think, uh, it really combined... uh, Action adventure, superhero stuff, but uh, there was always an, a, an interesting twist when Mike Gre- uh, Grell was writing Green Arrow. Rich Hoberg, the wonderful artist from the '80s, uh, is your artist on this fantastic book. Forty-two percent off, eleven dollars and fifty-nine cents. All right, I, I kind of lied. I said I was going to get into indie stuff, and here I am talking about a lot of mainstream characters. But good books, great creators, great prices. InStockTrades.com. Check it out for yourself. They're also having a last chance sale of 15 to 90% of a lot of their uh, clear-out uh, trades. So uh, all you have to do is click on the ad itself, and it will take you to the list of a ton of uh, mostly out-of-print titles that they're clearing out for uh, warehouse space and take advantage of the great deals. InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening. Uh, more stuff coming up in, in, in October. Boy, my head's... That's what happens when you you know you don't have a job you you lose track of time and stuff. Great stuff coming up uh, for the rest of January, as I said earlier. Questions or comments about the show? Reach me via email john at wordballoon dot com. Follow me on Facebook at john wordballoon. Uh, also, face uh, follow me on Twitter at john wordballoon and uh, on Facebook under my name 
John Suntress, and of course, the Word Balloon Network. The All Yeah Podcast is still going strong, and we've got a new episode coming up in a day or so. So uh, be looking for that if you're a fan of Art and Franco and uh, our uh, nonsense that we try to present at least every month. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2017.